Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Action Radio. This is Greg Penglis coming to you from the historic district of downtown Milton on the banks of the beautiful Blackwater River. And now let's get into Action Radio. Okay, so far so good. <laughs> I say that because there's been several instances in the last um, couple of weeks where I think three times I've had to call on my show by cell phone. I don't even know if I'm broadcasting now. I assume I'm broadcasting now. We'll find out in just a second when uh, uh, Brianna Cannon calls in. And so that's going to be a good thing. Or if anybody wants to call or text or uh, uh, anything like that. Okay, there we go. Uh, <laughs> I'm just getting messages at the last minute. So the only way to find out if I'm actually broadcasting is to talk to uh, somebody who happens to be on the line, and that's Brianna Cannon with the Government Inquiry Report. So let me start that right away and in my suspense whether I'm actually <laughs> working this morning. And we'll be right back. She started as a guest on Action Radio, courtesy of our Constitution reporter, Amber Kemper. Both Brianna and Amber are graduates of Patriot Academy, a place where young folks get to practice writing and advocating legislation and being legislators in a mock session. Brianna immediately impressed all of us as someone we wanted on the show with her own report. With an insightful mind, asking and taking on complex questions, and a growing skill in sarcasm and satire, plus her study of government, history, the Constitution, and our founding all of her skills and knowledge combined into something pretty incredible here on Action Radio. And now, the Government Inquiry Report with Brianna Cannon. Okay, let's get first things first. Can you hear me on the air? <laughs> yes. Okay, good. That's, that's kind of critical. I know people are wondering, like, Greg, what are you talking about? Well, we don't have DB meters. I've been trying to get decibel meters on the, on the show for, I don't know, a couple of years now. Uh, and in the last few weeks, we've had, I've had three incidences where I had to call them by cell phone. Uh, so, Brianna, if you ever don't hear me for some reason where you think I would be you know, talking and rambling incoherently, then just let me know, and then I'll, I'll switch to the phone. Um, I'm trying a new tack today. I'm trying not to move the microphone, not to move the computer. I'm trying not to move anything that might um, you know, cut that signal. And I've got an email in the blog talk. We'll find out what's going on. All right, that's the technical stuff. Let's, let's get to the, the real stuff, and that's uh, Brianna Cannon's uh, government inquiry report. So you, you, uh, as you emailed me off the air with a couple of tantalizing tidbits of today's discussion, why don't you just kind of launch into it and, and tell me what, uh, what you have in store and what you've cooked up for, for all of us this morning. All right. But I found a joke, and I want to say this joke first. Okay. Go for it. Okay. And now the Comedy Minute with Brianna Cannon. <laughs> So this is a joke about the government. It says, we are going to stop working because we can't agree on how to spend the imaginary money we don't have. <laughs> okay. Interesting. Well, we'll you find see it? where that joke goes. But well, exactly. I, I think Maybe I was expecting a punchline, but I guess that was the punchline. I'm sorry. Wants to wake me up a little bit here. Yeah. Where'd you find that? Where was that from? Um, I honestly don't know. I just saw a picture of it. Oh, okay. Hmm. See, 
I, I, don't, I know you guys aren't big Facebook fans, but uh, that's something that you, you could post because we have a variety of things. In fact, I've been thinking of uh, setting up a, an action radio comedy group. We have like 20, I think it's 21 or 22 groups now. I just started the, uh, the Election Integrity Project, and that was for, um, for Diane uh, Warner, who does our Election Integrity Report on Thursdays, and that's a new report. And so a lot of times reporters get their own group. Like if you and Amber ever decided uh, to get you know active on Facebook, we've got um, uh, we've got a student advocacy project, which would be perfect for you guys. So the things to do here. But anyway, in the meantime, that'd be kind of fun. Well, we'll text it to me or email something like that, and I can post it myself. You can always do that. Anyway, launching on from your your, your budding career in uh, in comedy, where should we go from here? Um. Okay. So I have couple of points. Mm-hmm. So the first one I want to talk about is the diesel shortage because I remember that they were talking about it mm-hmm. and that we only have like a certain amount of days and stuff. But there is like there's still diesel out there. Mm-hmm. It just bypassed the end date. So what exactly all happened with do you know about that? Well, that's a that good question. Well, was it a sh- where's the shortage? Is it, uh, I don't know how much research you've done. Is it in the refining? Is it in the transportation? Is it in the pipelines? Because uh, diesel is different than, than gasoline. And I don't know how much you know about diesel engines, but let's, let's talk about that a little bit because it's a good topic. And I think it's something we've covered. So tell me what you know about it. And let me see if we can uh, fill in some gaps here. Um, almost absolutely nothing. Um, but I, I know there okay. was like a, a really big widespread um, fear about the um, shortage. It's like you only have like 20-something days, um, uh-huh. and it's already been passed by. I don't even know when. But okay. Um, so uh, let's uh, let's let's go through a little reason and logic. So when I don't know something, and I don't have sources, and I'm not sure where to look. A lot of times I'll just try and reason it out from what I already know. So what do you know about uh, diesel? What is it? If you don't know, that's okay. But um, I wanna, I'll show you how to figure things out. That Maybe this will help. So what is diesel? I know it's kind of like an, um, a product of gas, right? Okay. Well, yeah, it's, it's a different formulation of gasoline. And it was invented by this guy in Germany named diesel. <laughs> okay. Like Vin Diesel. So diesel actually is a thing. That's why you don't put, you know, Penglis in your tank or something like that, because I didn't invent a fuel. You know, you put diesel in because, you know, he did. All right. So diesel is different than gasoline, right? We know that. So what kind of engines use diesel? I don't know. Okay. Do cars, trucks, ships, trains? I know. What do you think? Oh, you mean just like the vehicles in general? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, like... um, I know truckers were like the biggest thing that um, people were worried about. I thought you meant like an actual like type of engine at first. No, 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 I'm not that technical. I don't even know the type of. Well, I would just say yeah, diesel engines use diesel drag. I mean, that's what you could tell me, right? <laughs> you don't feel free. But 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 uh, big trucks, right? Use diesel. What else uses diesel? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Okay. I'll give, you, I'll give you a couple of hints here. Well, first of all, airplanes don't. They use kerosene uh, and call it jet fuel. So they don't use it. Uh, small cars, regular passenger cars don't use diesel, but they're pickup trucks that use diesel. Uh, have you ever heard of a diesel engine? Can you tell the difference between a diesel and a, and a, and a gasoline-powered engine just by listening to it? 
No, I can't. But I know okay. that some trucks do. Okay. Things. Well, listen to a truck engine, and, and you'll, they, they're, they're, they're very powerful, but they're slow to get going. Diesel works off a different compression. They actually, I don't think they use spark plugs in diesel. So to ignite the fuel, it's ignited purely by the pressure of the cylinders. And I'm not sure exactly, or I think there's like one spark plug, you know, whatever it is, it's a different type of ignition system. But diesel is extremely powerful, and that's why you'll find it on ships, the diesel-powered ships. If they're not nuclear-powered, they're probably diesel-powered. Trains, uh, if they're not electric, they're probably diesel. Uh, trucks use diesel, and they don't use gasoline because it's nowhere near as efficient for bigger uh, engines that are slower to get going but are extremely powerful. So that's why diesel. So so if you're trying to, you know, now I'm going to sort of inject my own rhetorical uh, nature here. If you're trying to slow everything down in the country and everything travels by truck or train, you know, we almost had a train strike and, you know, and we've got a, a diesel shortage of fuel, that's going to cut into the truckers. What better way to, if you're trying to really screw up the country, than to cut diesel so the trucks can deliver everything, especially right before Christmas. Can you think of a better way to sabotage uh, our economy and Christmas than to cut back on diesel? Nope. Seems like a really good way to do it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't believe in accidents. I don't believe in coincidences. I think most things are by design. Uh, I think there's true evil out there. And I think the fact that uh, our energy has been cut, um, you know, you're not going to, trucks aren't going to put up sails. They're not going to go by wind power. Okay, they're not going to have solar panels all over, the, all over the box in the back. It's not going to make the truck go. What makes trucks go is diesel. It's incredibly powerful, incredibly efficient. Uh, and for bigger engines, it's a lot better than gasoline, which is why they use it. So if you want to look into this a little bit, uh, look into where, what, how diesel is different than gasoline, how it's refined, where, where, you know, are there certain refineries that do diesel only? Uh, do we have the same refining capacity for diesel that we have for gasoline? There's a lot of things you can look into and maybe come back next week and say, hey, Greg, look what I found kind of thing, you know. And so uh, that might be something interesting if you want to take that project on because it's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. And um, with, like, the idea, I know mm-hmm. I've been, like, hearing and reading a lot of different things of people finding, like, sources evidence or knowledge or something of uh, – it can be like videos from forums from years ago or different mm-hmm. things like that. Uh, and I don't even remember all the different forums. I think there was like two or three different things. Um, it, it was a lot spread out. So there's, so there's not just mm-hmm. like uh, one source that I can give so right now. But it was about like in like 2015 and the beginning of like 2020. And even I think they had some like 2017 things if I remember correctly. But it was about people claiming that they needed to cut the population in half. And then other people were saying that um, planning, like, a food shortage simulation in, like, Mm -hmm. real time. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there's a lot of people uh, who believe that they've been planning this um, food shortage and this kind of collapse of the economy for a couple of years, and now they're just able to implement it and... Um, there's just a bunch of different ideas like that surrounding No, these are these are very interesting topics, uh, and again, it's going to require a little research, but I think it's worth looking into. Uh, as you probably know, yeah. the pattern that the, the more you ask me, the more the more homework I give you. <laughs> it's kind of a you know, it's like, hey, try this, Brianna. <laughs> well, let's Here's, let's start back. Uh, go ahead. What were you going to say? I'm sorry. Oh no, no, 
You go ahead. Okay. Um, okay. All right. Um, yeah, and for folks that don't know, we don't plan these conversations. I had no idea what we were going to talk about this morning. That's the fun of Action Radio. This is totally spontaneous, unrehearsed, uh, spontaneously combustible, and who knows where we're going to go from here. Something Here's another thing to look into. So back when I was being a, a brainwashed teenager um, by a very liberal, socialist, ultra-feminist, kind of bizarre family political structure. Um, there, was, uh, there was a big scare that the world, you know, we're going to have massive famine. The world was going to be overpopulated. We're all going to die. You know, don't have kids. Don't, don't do all kinds of stuff. Don't, you know, we're doomed. It's like the, if you ever watched the old TV show Lost in Space, there was a, Dr. Smith was a character. He said, we're doomed. We're doomed. It was very, very scary when you're eight years old. Anyway, um, so the, they had books, the, the Population Bomb and the Limits to Growth, and there were these, these uh, clubs, and there's this, I forgot this economist, I think Paul Ehrlich was his name. And all these people were forecasting uh, you know, our death. And, and in fact, if you, uh, if you ever get the, the original Star Trek, uh, Mr. Spock was played by Leonard Nimoy. Well, Leonard Nimoy, and you can look this up on YouTube, did this, this video up in Alaska. You know, winter, you know, global winter. You know, we're all going to die of the cold. So before there was global warming, there was global cooling. Okay. So in other words, the left tries different political things to see what works, but they scared the hell out of everybody, you know, with this whole idea of the population. And, uh, you know, we're going to be, and of course, I'm given all these liberal books by, by my liberal family, right? And some reading this stuff going, oh, no. I actually. Go ahead. You heard about this? I actually saw a chart mm-hmm. about, like, it was about, like, the, how hot the earth has been, like, over time and stuff. It was, like, um, like kind of like those bar graphs line charts mm-hmm. or whatever at the point. And it was talking about how basically the earth is like today is not near as hot as it has been in the past. Mm-hmm. Like yep. in the past, it is way that? hotter than it is. Yeah. And you know what else and, is higher? And there's literally like an extremely cold period between the two extremely hot. It was, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was definitely a, like a really crazy unpredictable chart. There's no, like, I guess, pattern that I could see from it. Well, actually, there is a pattern. Do you know about the Ice Age cycle? Ice Age cycle? Mm -hmm. I know there's been, like, um, the mini Ice Age. I don't remember which year it was. That was, I think, the 18 or the 1600s. But there have been cooling periods, and there was a mini ice age. What's interesting, uh, there's, a, there's a group you can look into. It's a, a friend of mine runs it. It's Gregory Wrightstone. It's a CO2 coalition. Uh, you can also check with Mark Moreno. So Gregory Wrightstone and Mark Moreno would be your climate sources. And what you'll find uh, is that as they chart things, not only has the world been a lot warmer, especially when the dinosaurs were here, um, because dinosaurs are cold-blooded. They're reptiles. And reptiles need heat. This is why, you know, snakes and, uh, and crocodiles and, and, and especially alligators here in Florida, you see them out in the sunshine warming up. Well, they're, they're like priming their body to do stuff. In fact, I was biking my favorite trail uh, a couple of months ago, maybe about three months ago now when it was warmer. And there was a big, you know, water moccasin sitting right in the middle of the trail. <laughs> it was on the asphalt and was warming itself up. And this trail is only about six feet wide. <laughs> so the tr- it is in the middle. So I'm, I'm passing by a water moccasin with his mouth gaping open, the fangs out and everything, you know, about two feet away going, oh, that's nice. Good thing it's not warm enough to strike yet. <laughs> or whatever it was anyway. One of exciting adventures. But, but the point, look, there's a dog howling. Am I boring the dog? This I know I'm doing a bad show if I'm boring the dog. The point of this is, <laughs> the point of this is, is that there are cycles that uh, if you ever hear about Yosemite, um, National Park, which is in California. It's one of my favorite parks. I've been there several times. And this is a wonderful mountain called Half Dome. It's a round mountaintop that actually is cut in half, and it was cut in half by a glacier. And so the glaciers came down throughout mid-California. 
another reason to live in Florida. So the, the ice age never reached Florida, which is really great. So if I'm actually around that long, which I sincerely doubt, uh, I don't have to worry about it. But the world is getting a little cooler for some other things called the Maunder Minimum, uh, the sunspot cycle, and things like that. So all the climate, the government climate scientists are wrong because they've been told to prove something that is not happening, which is global warming. Uh, or if it is, it's happening at such a low level. Anyway, when the Earth is warmer, the atmosphere is warmer, it holds more carbon dioxide. Well, that's a good thing. Do you know why? Why? Oh, oh go ahead. Take a guess. Come on. Humor me. <laughs> take a guess. Oh. Figure it out. Okay. Why is, why is carbon um, dioxide a good thing? So plants can turn it into oxygen. How about that? See, you're smarter than you thought you were. I knew you were. <laughs> Okay, so now let's get back to our food shortage. Okay, so plants breathe carbon dioxide. If the earth is warmer and there's, there's more actually human uh, activity, uh, the greatest progresses in, in humanity are made during warming periods. You know, when the Vikings went to Greenland, it was a warming period because it was actually green. It's not green now. <laughs> it's covered in glaciers. You know, so the, the warming period, the Renaissance was during a warming period. Unfortunately, one of the warmest periods in the last couple hundred years was the 1930s. And that gave us Hitler, Mao Zedong, Stalin, you know, uh, Emperor Hirohito, and a bunch of other really amazingly bad people. But it was during a warming period, so that everything was really active. We got into World War II after a warming period in the 1930s, if you check the climate. So it was a, the hottest part of the 1900s was the 1930s. Interesting coincidence. But if you have more carbon dioxide, you get more plants. If you get more plants, what else do you get as far as people are concerned? More oxygen, food? Uh-huh. More food. Shade. Plants grow food, right? Okay. Plant, and animals eat plants, and we eat plants. And then we eat animals. So if there's more carbon dioxide and there's more warm weather, there's more plants, there's more food. What does that mean? Getting back to our original question. Um, people can survive. Yeah, exactly. We can support more people in the world because we have more food. Now, if you wanted to cut back on that food, if, if plants breathe carbon dioxide, what's the quickest way to cut back on plants? Um, less carbon dioxide and um, kill all mm -hmm. the plants? Yeah, and how, and how is the government cutting back on carbon dioxide? Um, like with all their like, plans to cut it? They made it a pollutant. They made plant food a pollutant. And millions of people stupidly believe it. Oh, no. There's too much carbon dioxide. That's like saying there's too much air in the air. What? <laughs> <laughs> there's too much air in the air out there. There's too much air in the atmosphere. We've got to do something about that. Now, doesn't that sound absurd? You actually well, make an extremely good point. Like, I didn't even think about the distinction between those that's a really good point because, you know, people have been breathing forever and mm -hmm. they breathe out carbon dioxide. That's mm -hmm. never done any harm. Mm -hmm. But is, the pollutant is the problem. And I never thought about that. Okay. That's why you're on the show. You know, you say things I've never thought of, and that's the whole point of this exchange is that to get things, you know, out there that we've never thought of. And what I found in doing this show is that by discussing things that I don't have all the answers to, logic and reason, we come to some very interesting conclusions and revelations, which also generates more questions, which means more research. 
and we, we go to places that you wouldn't expect. Now, here's where I went. Okay, this is where it gets really interesting, that uh, if we get to intelligent design, okay, so, so nothing's really an accident that's going on here. So if you go back to a time of low uh, carbon dioxide and cooler temperatures, the 1800s, it was a cooling period. If, if, uh, if the plan is, I'll say God's plan, is to, uh, to increase carbon dioxide to increase plants, you know, what, is, what is our source of carbon dioxide that the, uh, I think we've talked about this before, I don't know, I'll find out in a minute, but uh, the source of carbon dioxide that the government is so against is what? Where is it coming from? Cars. Mm-hmm. Internal combustion engines, to be, to be more general. Diesel <laughs> and gasoline. Okay? Now, what's, uh, what everybody seems to call fossil fuels. Have you seen Jurassic Park? Just out of curiosity. Um, I saw one of them when I was nine. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that might be a bit young. <laughs> anyway, but, uh, but the point is pretty crazy. Stuff. But the point that I was getting to in the beginning of the film, in the beginning, they show fossils. You know, dinosaur bones locked in rock. Those are fossils. Now, do you think for a second that we get our oil to run a 747, you know, a 400-passenger airplane, on the oil that comes partially from, you know, bones in a rock? Does that make any sense intuitively? Um, I know it doesn't come from bones, rocks. But, but those I know are fossils. That, um, so what are fossils yeah, then? Yeah, but I know you okay. do pump it out of the ground. Okay. So it, so maybe there's another source that's not fossils? So why do we what call do it fossil mean? fuels? Well, why do we call it fossil fuels? Uh, Take a stab at it. Think of it from a government point of view. Mm-hmm. I actually think you talked about this before. Mm-hmm. Yep, I'll, I'll tell you where we're going to get to in a minute. This is the, this is one of my favorite well, I uh, revelations. This. It's okay, you yeah. know. All right. So fossils, if if there are, if people imagine fossils to be as Jurassic Park bones in the ground, and that's where we get our oil from. How much of a supply of oil do you think there is in the world? If it really comes from from fossils. Oh, then it would be like um, only the amount that we have. Like right, but pr- pretty small supply, stuff. right? Okay. So yeah. if you really want to scare people, one of the first ways to do that is, is to say that oil's running out because there are only so many fossils out there, right? Yeah. Okay. Questions, comments, revelations? I'll give you the next piece of the puzzle. Oh, yeah. Re- <laughs> next piece. Okay. I'll pass Greg to the next piece. Okay, fine. Um, so this is part of the government's plan. If they can convince people that they're fossil fuels. Now, what if I called them organic fuels? Now, how does that change your thinking? A lot of people would buy it for food. <laughs> well, no. Joke, not, <laughs> this is organic. No, organic fuel is different than organic food. Don't get those two confused. I don't want you, I don't want you going, you know, buying a you know, gallon of gas and putting it in the fridge. <laughs> but the point is... <laughs> <laughs> I love having you on. Um, but the thing is, the point is, if you think of them as organic fuels, organic is natural. Organic is pure. Mm-hmm. Organic is made of good stuff. Well, I'm not sure the exact story. In fact, I'll get an oil expert on it at some point. But if you take you know, millions upon millions upon millions of, of tons of biomass, organic, algae, plankton, 
you know, biomass, plant stuff, cells, uh, mud, <laughs> everything else that goes in. I'm not sure what the mix is, but that organic biomass is what makes oil. And so it's, you know, for millions of years, there's a lot of it, you know, because it's not just, you know, algae blooms can, can you know, you ever see an algae bloom? There's tons upon tons upon tons. And that, and that happens every year. It's been happening for, for a long time. And so nobody knows how much oil there is and how far down it is. And there was a theory that I, I heard for a while until uh, Gregory Wrightstone said, no, that's not true. Abiotic oil. The earth actually makes oil. It takes hydrogen and carbon and compresses it together under, under temperature and pressure and creates hydrocarbons. Well, that's what petroleum is, is a hydrocarbon. So the point of this is that if the fuels are organic and there's some 200 years worth of them, we don't have to worry about this. That's the first thing. The second thing is what an internal combustion engine turns organic fuel into. And those are, I think we did this before. So you put gasoline in the tank, what comes out the tailpipe? Um, I don't Another research that project for you. Well, if, if carbon, see, matter, remember, the, I think it's like the second law of thermodynamics. Matter can neither be created nor destroyed. It can only change form. Yeah. But in, right? But energy can be released. Like if you, to gas. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Or different molecules can be rearranged, right? You can recombine things. I mean, the plastics are, are from organic fuel. So plastics are organic, too, but they last but is too there long. Like, is there, like, a different name, like an actual like, name for it? For what? Or is it just, you know, still just gas? Oh, you mean gasoline? It just changes. Yeah. Oh, it changed form? Uh, like there's a word it for changed? it. Well, I, I forgot what the process I know sublimation is when uh, things change, they skip a step. Like if something goes from solid to gas. Uh, I forgot what it's called when things, uh, like condensing is when uh, vapor goes to a liquid, like water when it condenses on, on the water vapor when it condenses on your window. Um, so there's, there's different words for that point being that fuel we know is a hydrocarbon. So, so fuel goes in. So here's a quick, quick and dirty lesson. I'll get into your topics. <laughs> I'm almost done really. Um, so a quick and dirty lesson is that fuel is a, is a hydrocarbon it goes into your, in your gas tank and it's mixed either fuel injected or in the older cars they had a carburetor. It's mixed with the air Well, the air contains oxygen. Oxygen is what burns. Oxygen was, you know, oxygen oxygenates, you know, uh, fires require oxygen, right? If you take away a fire, you don't have oxygen. So that oxygen, there's no burning, there's no combustion. So that's why, the, that's why your engine at a 14 to 1 stoichiometric ratio takes in fuel, takes in air and mixes it 14 parts air to one part fuel, goes into your cylinders and is burned. So the carbon and the hydrogen mix with the oxygen to form a combustible mixture, which is burned, which creates power, which expands, which causes the cylinder to move, which causes your wheels to move, da, 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 and the waste product goes out the tailpipe. Well, you still got the same components, carbon, hydrogen, and oxygen, plus some other noxious chemicals, nitrogen monoxide, sulfur monoxide, and whatever additives and, and, and nasty stuff is in the fuel. But the basic components are carbon dioxide and, 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 uh, and hydrogen uh, and oxygen, which form water. <laughs> so what comes out of your tailpipe? Carbon dioxide and water, plus the pollutants. Okay? Was water a bad thing? Are we going to call water a pollutant? That would be kind of stupid, wouldn't it? Yeah, but don't put a fast <laughs> That's a good point. There's too much dihydrogen monoxide out there. That was what we used to joke about that in, in high school science. 
you know, dihydrogen monoxide is? Um, no, but I'm going to guess it's water that kills you. No, it's H2O. But dihydrogen? No, no, dihydrogen, what? H2. <laughs> dihydrogen, H2, monoxide, O. <laughs> it's H2O. Oh, geez. No, not even going to try that. Yeah, so you can use that on your friends. Feel free. Hey, you get any uh, dihydrogen monoxide out there? Yeah, we do. Isn't that dangerous? No, it's not. It's okay. So have fun with that. So water vapor. Water vapor is actually your, your biggest greenhouse gas. We've talked about this on the show, too, that after a, a cloudy night, it's warmer than after a clear night because a clear night, the, the, the heat reflects out. But on a cloudy night, the water vapor actually bounces heat back in. So there is a greenhouse effect. It's just not doing what they say. Now let's talk about the carbon dioxide. So if carbon dioxide is being put into the air by internal combustion engines, which started at the Industrial Revolution, a cooling period and a period of, of not as much growth as now, carbon dioxide goes into the air. Well, where does it go then? Like from the air? Uh-huh. Um, I have no idea. Okay, well, I'm guessing, and I haven't researched this, but carbon dioxide is heavier than the atmosphere, which is mostly nitrogen. They are 72% nitrogen, right? I guess. I'm going to take your word for that. Okay, you can look it up, you know. I, I, as far as I know, I never tell you something that isn't true unless I tell you I'm, I'm making this up. So, so the carbon dioxide falls to the earth and gets absorbed by the plants and gets turned into plant food. So in, in the grand design, I just found it fascinating, and this is the big revelation, that at the time when we had low, low carbon dioxide, low uh, human growth in a cooling period, that we discovered oil uh, and petroleum. And instead of using whale oil and killing all the whales to light our lamps, we suddenly had this wonderful new thing. So petroleum actually saved the whales. You can tell your liberal friends that. Okay? So petroleum in internal combustion engines turns into carbon dioxide, which ultimately gets into the carbon cycle, the basis of all life, goes into the atmosphere, comes down, feeds the plants, and, and that feeds us. So in burning organic fuels, we're actually maintaining the carbon cycle and life itself. So the burning of organic fuels might actually be necessary instead of being a pollutant. How's that for a thought? Yeah, I am going to have to go here. Oh, oh no. Eric, it only comes 30 minutes today. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Feel, feel free to tell me ahead of time because I know you had something else planned. I didn't want to – I figured we had half an hour for, for your topic. But if you ever have to go shorter, just let me know so I can, I can kind of think how I want to do it. Yeah. Okay, so you want to save your – There's your, one uh, thing that popped into my head a lot earlier when you started talking about that vicinity part. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jellystone part. Did you know oh, there's an actual Jellystone Park? Uh, and where would this be? This reminds me of, of uh, Yogi Bear and Boo Boo. Um, well, we saw it in Branson, Missouri. There is a Jellystone Park? Yes. Okay, so, so you want to go up and look up some old uh, Yogi Bear cartoons. I, I watched these since like five years old. Oh, I'm smarter than yeah, you ever did. Hey, Boo Boo. Yeah, okay, so, uh, yeah, you're bringing back to my childhood here. This is kind of funny. Um, okay, so Revelations of the Week, if you have any time left, uh, anything you have that you can uh, share at this point, or should we just yeah. do it next week? Um, I do have two other things, but I can talk about them next week. Okay, 
make a note. And if you ever have a shorter time, let me know because I'd rather hear your report than than sort of you know I, I don't want to you know I, I love talking about this stuff, but uh, it's more important for you to get to, to your report. So I apologize for that. I didn't know you had a shorter time this week, but so we'll do it next week. All right, sounds okay. good. Take care. We'll see you later. Bye. Bye now. All right. Yes, too bad. I really like having her on for hours. She's one of my favorite reporters because uh, we do get in these fascinating chats. I want to get more people, more younger folks involved in the show. I'm hoping to get um, the group that uh, where we found Brianna and Amber, who is our constitutional reporter, uh, who's busy with college right now. Um, but uh, they came from Patriot Academy, and I really want to get the folks at Patriot Academy on the show. And so this is, you know, and, and I, I like to be able to, to sort of reveal things to Brianna as we go through these logical arguments, but I also want to hear her report. So I'm kind of, I kind of feel bad now that I didn't know she had a shorter time uh, to broadcast this morning. So next week, we're definitely going to take more uh, of her report. I want to play a couple of things. We've got uh, Josie Coffey. Uh, is going to do the Latino report at the top of the hour. And I also have a new, <laughs> I have a new sponsor, which I will release. Uh, I'll play that when, uh, when Josie's on the line too. So that should be kind of fun. In the meantime, let me see what I can do here. Play a couple things for you, and I'll be back with uh, a story or two before we get to uh, Josie. This is Greg Penglis for Strike Force, your source for pure energy. Strike Force is a concentrated energy drink that turns a half liter of your favorite beverage into an energy drink. You make your energy drink yourself. Action Radio is an affiliate of Strike Force, so our listeners get a 20% discount. All you do is add our code, W-Y-L, to the discount code window at checkout. W-Y-L comes from our website, Write Your Laws. So, you can get your energy drink, a 20% discount, and help Action Radio change the relationship of we the people to our government. Not bad. Strikeforce is at StrikeforceEnergy.com. That's StrikeforceEnergy.com. Start your engines. Hello, this is Greg Penglis for our newest shooting range here in Milton, Florida. Stand your ground. My friend Jason Myers and crew are creating an incredible facility for our city. Stand your ground is located at 6632 Elba Street. The phone number is 850-789-1776. Their email is standyourground1776 at gmail.com. Here you'll find either in process or already going an indoor shooting range, axe throwing, archery, a rage room, self-defense classes, concealed carry weapons classes, security license training, paintball, a full-service gun store, and 24-7 online ordering. So come on down or contact them by phone, email, or website and learn how you can best stand your ground. And once again, to let you know, we are looking for new sponsors here to advance us further in our project. Here at Action Radio, we are looking for sponsors. We have 30 and 60 second spots available for your announcements. And we have three-minute live call-ins to talk about your products and services available. Action Radio is the next evolution beyond talk radio. Join us and let us help your business evolve. Think about being a sponsor of the future and not just a listener. And help us help your business grow as you help us plunge headlong into breaking new ground here on Action Radio every day.
dramatic. I love it. All right, let's get back to uh, Action Radio here. Uh, call in number 215-383-3832. Uh, we have a live Skype line. And if you want to call us from anywhere in the world, the, the information is right there on the broadcast page. You can see where the Skype line is. You call in. And then once I approve your account, uh, which I do, <laughs> until, unless I have a reason not to, uh, then you can call the show directly. And so the Skype line is only open during the show. We have live chat. Anybody wants to uh, click on the live chat, that also works worldwide. So anybody can call there. Uh, if you want to help us out at Action Radio, we have a Give, Send, Go account at givesendgo.com slash action radio. And we also have PayPal. And for those that want to sponsor the show, corporations, foundations, you know, wealthy donors and individuals, and, and all the other folks that want to uh, uh, help us out here, um, that's uh, paypal.com slash paypalme slash action radio. And so as we try and advance here, we've got two years. Uh, my goal is to get uh, um, working directly with the Trump campaign, for example, as one of the many projects here, and, and be a source of legislation for them and hopefully get these bills directly into a campaign. Uh, a pre- no presidential campaign has ever been um, part or, or no citizen legislation has ever been part of a presidential campaign. Uh, if I wait a couple of folks, I want to get back on the show. Uh, Calvin Windish and Jerome Bell, who both ran for Congress, and part of their platform was citizen legislation, some of our, our bigger bills. And I've got one, uh, I've got several actually to talk about uh, as we go through here. In the meantime, let me just uh, get a little bit of time here before, uh, before Josie gets here. There's something that uh, was brought to my attention, uh, um, a story here, and it's called DeSantis to Hold Vaccine Manufacturers Accountable. And the, the reporter is Tony uh, Carranza, K-O-R-A, yeah, Carraza, excuse me, Tony Carraza. Uh, and that's K-O-R-A-Z-A. And Tony Carraza is based in Miami. Uh, he's a contributor to this website, Newsbreak. And so I want to get a hold of him, see if I can get him on the show. So my initial reaction, as soon as I, I heard the headline, I'm thinking to myself, holding vaccine manufacturers accountable. We already did that. We've got a bill. Uh, I think I wrote it in 2019, maybe, and it's been improved and it's, and it's gotten better. But we already have a bill that does this. You know, it puts full product liability uh, on the vaccine manufacturers. Now, that bill should go to Congress. But now I'm thinking, hmm, okay, well, if Florida's expressed an interest, if the governor wants to do that, then if I can find someone with the direct pipeline to the governor, still looking, <laughs> he's hard to reach, okay? I mean, he, he, I'd love to be, you know, one of his friends where he says, hey, Greg, what, you got, what kind of bills do you have at Action Radio for us? Wouldn't that be nice? Nice if the governor did that. Eh, it's not happening yet. Anyway, so I'm going to see, in fact, I was uh, reaching out before. We actually had uh, Dr. Latipo, the Surgeon General of Florida, scheduled on the show. And I want to uh, reconnect and, and see if we can uh, get him back now, see if things are a little easier um, after the midterms. But if I can get this reporter to re- report on our bill saying, look, it's already been done, it wouldn't be hard at all to adapt our full uh, product liability bill to big pharma in the state. I just have to find out where it goes. You know, a little legal research. I might even do that today. I don't know. We'll see. I'll talk to the reporter, too. But with a little legal research, it wouldn't be hard to make a state bill simply using the same language, just plug it in at the state level. And just I'll have to take a look and see if there's any um, product uh, liability uh, exclusion for big pharma at the state level. I don't think so, because at the federal level, it's already there. And I'm assuming that would be preemptive somehow. But, not, you know, if there's no state legislation, then the federal might, might dominate. And the, the uh, manufacturers may use that as a way to get of any state lawsuit. Well, let's find out. It's going to be interesting. I'll talk to uh, Carraza and let's see if he can uh, connect us with the governor. So the story, uh, let me see. I'll, I'll just read it to you right here. It says, the vaccine drama persists among Republican leadership. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis said his administration intends to hold vaccine manufacturers accountable for making false claims about the side effect of vaccines. Well, see, now this is, that's only part of the story. If, you're holding, if you just want to hold them accountable for making false claims, why don't you just hold them accountable completely with full product liability? See, this is the tinkering aspect that's driving me crazy right now. People are talking about things, but they're tinkering. 
They're just going around the edges. You know, it's, in fact, I was uh, talking to uh, Congressman Greg Stubbe's office yesterday um, after the show uh, about uh, he has a bill to, uh, you know, make some corrections in Section 230, which is the bill that Congress passed to allow big tech to censor everybody. And he really did. You look at it. I mean, this is purely intentional. So they're either stupid or, or willfully evil. Uh, I'd say there's a good measure of both in Congress. Those that were willfully evil gave big tech their friends, you know, who I'm sure contributed to the campaigns, the ability to censor all of us, especially the, the, the leftist members of Congress, because that's who, that's who get censored by big tech are conservatives, not the leftists. Leftists are rewarded and big tech uh, censors conservatives like me. Even though I'm really a constitutional independent, I kind of leave conservatives in the dust, and you'll see why in a bit. Anyway, so the story goes that, that he's got a good bill, but we've got a better bill. And I, and I applaud his efforts, but I'm hoping that he'll adopt our bill instead because it's much more comprehensive. It covers all of big tech. It makes them liable if they touch your account, if they touch a post that you do, if they, and if they arrange search engines you know, beyond, um, actually, you know, beyond the raw number of hits. And I know that because I was looking when I looked up. Uh, there's a story I looked up recently. I think it was the Carrie uh, uh, Lake, and then this, uh, I might save that one for uh, for Thursday with uh, Diane Warner on the Election Integrity Report. Or maybe I'll broadcast it today. Who knows? We'll see how it goes. But in looking it up, the first 20 stories were how Carrie Lake is is absurd and an idiot and reaching for straws and a conspiracy theorist. Yada yada yada. I didn't get to a decent story until I was like you know about 30, <laughs> 30 posts down. Well, well, that's that's uh, that's censorship. That's censorship by by arrangement, by algorithm of putting the most liberal, you know, wrong fake stories up front. That Carrie Lake doesn't have a case when she actually does, and when she really does. Um, and but uh, you don't see that. So if you only look at the first, you know, five stories, you're gonna think Carrie Lake is this absurd conspiracy theorist, wacko conservative who has no claim to anything. It's all sour grapes. She really lost, uh, and that's the story. Well, that's not the story. The truth is she won. Maricopa County needs to have all their votes thrown out. You know, Carrie Lake won by, by a huge margin. And so I'm, so, I'm pretty convinced that the other folks, the conservatives, won too. So the correct solution here is to throw out all the votes of Maricopa County because they're completely corrupt. They took too long. They arranged too much. They, there's, there's hundreds of thousands of votes that uh, are out of chain of custody. They have no way of tracing anything. They closed down the voting machines when conservatives were voting on Election Day. They kept all the Democrat ballots. They added to them. And a recount at this point is useless. All, re, all the recount's going to do is recount the fraudulent votes. Well, we already know the fraudulent votes. They're already there. <laughs> you know, the, the thing to do is to disqualify Maricopa County you know, of all their votes and just take the rest of the state, which is only about 40% of the votes, but it would serve Maricopa County right for cheating. My other solution is to break Maricopa County into 10 separate independent voting districts that report independently, that set up their rules independently, that, um, you know, roughly equal populations, but uh, that's the only way to do it and get the supervisors completely out of it. And I think the, the, uh, the state legislature could do that. Well, I hope they do. See if we can get Wendy Rogers back on the show. Back to the article. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis said his administration intends to hold vaccine manufacturers accountable. Well, I'd be curious how. I know how, how it can be done. Like I said, we've already written the bill. DeSantis says we are going to work to hold these manufacturers accountable for this mRNA vaccine, vaccines in parentheses, by the way, because they said there were no side effects. And we know that there have been, and there have been a lot. Well, side effects, when you say side effects, does he mean like death? Critical injuries, you know, injuries that, that, that uh, paralyze, that uh, cause strokes, that, that permanently disable. 
you know, that cause the cross the blood brain barrier. We're talking about massive heart inflammation, myocarditis. I'm not sure what pericarditis is, but it doesn't sound any better than myocarditis. I don't think anybody wants either one. Is that what he means by side effects? Side effects seems like a very tame term. Why don't you say what it is? Injury and death, willful injury and death. And there's a term for that. It's called criminally, well, I wouldn't call it, it's either criminally negligent homicide or murder, you know, mass murder, serial killing. You know, people worry about serial killers. Yeah, they're bad. They're, They're some of the worst people on the planet. But, you know, is Dr. Fascist not a serial killer on a, on, a, on, a, on a nationwide and a worldwide scale? I would say yes. And in fact, somebody, who is it that just said the, the same thing? Uh, oh, Elon Musk. Maybe we should get Elon on the show. <laughs> he might like it here. Back to the article. The governor was referring to research that showed male teenagers and young adults who had the COVID-19 immunization. Now, this, now that's an interesting word, immunization, as opposed to vaccination. I'm not quite sure the difference. Anybody that knows a bunch of legal stuff might want to uh, uh, tell me exactly what that is. But immunization means you're immunized, means you're immune. That's where the word comes from. If, you're, if you've been immunized, you're, now for, you're therefore immune. But we know that people who get the jab are not immune. In fact, they're the ones who are getting it. They're the ones who are dying at greater numbers. They're the ones who are being injured at greater numbers. So the COVID jab is far more dangerous than COVID. Always was, always has been. Not only is it not safe or effective, it's actually dangerous and ineffective. So why would anybody take it? Why would it be mandated? Well, the only way people would take this, would take this I think, is that it was mandated. Uh, millions of people took it on a mandate, and I'm so sorry they did. Uh, I'm sure they're going to be sorry, too. All right. So he says, so, so the, uh, let me read this, start again. The governor was referring to research that showed male teenagers and young adults who had the COVID-19 immunization were more likely to develop myocarditis or inflammation of the heart muscle. Now, see, that's the reason I had open heart surgery. I had it at a valve that was too big. You know, and they found this. I had uh, what, the, what they call 50% regurgitation. So in other words, my valve wasn't closing properly and half the blood was flowing backwards. So only half my blood flow was actually going forward. You know, that'd be like clogged arteries at 50%. But my arteries are fine. That's the ironic part. My diet's been great over all these years, you know. So my arteries are just fine. (laughs) So they're wide open. So the heart itself was slowing down blood flow. Now, I'm not sure what happened when they fixed it, when they trimmed the valve to fit. A nice little trim job on my valve. Brilliant surgeon. Oh, he's good. Um, of course, I gained a lot of weight, and I'm still working on that. But the point is that, uh, you know, the heart murmur all but disappeared. Everybody has some heart murmur because valves don't fit perfectly. But, you know, from 50% to 90-something percent blood flow, I'm doing fine. <laughs> you know, it's great. And, but the, the, what, they were, what they told me is one of the biggest reasons to do that, so I didn't get myocarditis, that sooner or later, probably sooner, in fact, I said I had a one in five chance of dying in the next five years, and this was six years ago when I got the surgery, uh, if I didn't have uh, this operation. And I, and I got about five opinions, and I looked into it. And, and uh, you know, even with Stanford Med, I mean, I talked to some of the top heart, heart surgeons in the country on this. Uh, and they saw my uh, EKGs and, you know, graphs and all that stuff. They said, yep, <laughs> yep, the, we all concur. <laughs> you need the surgery. I'm like, okay. Two weeks later, I was on the operating table. Um, but, and I, I'm not one that does medical stuff lightly. I don't take any medicine. I don't have any prescriptions. Uh, I don't do any of that stuff. Uh, in fact, I intend to live my life, you know, prescription drug-free. Because I don't see any good that comes out of it. You know, if you've got a health problem, exercise, lose weight, <laughs> you know, get better food. <laughs> I mean, those are the three most important things. You do those three, you've eliminated most diseases. Well, something's going to get you eventually. Your heart's going to give out, you know, your body's going to give out eventually. But you don't want to rush the process. Anyway, so the point being that the whole purpose of my heart surgery, thank God it was before COVID, um, was to stop things like myocarditis and death. 
So to me, it seemed that, that was, you know, if my choice is death or, or heart surgery, you know, I, I'll go for the heart surgery. But the point is that people through this jab are getting the very thing that uh, a surgery worked incredibly hard to prevent. Myocarditis, swelling the heart, crippling injuries, and death. So why do we have a health care system that on the one hand was life-saving for me, and on the other hand causes the very thing that had life-saving surgery to prevent? That makes no sense. Intuitively, that's irrational. It's irrational to be selling a jab for a disease that doesn't affect you know, over 99, you know, 99, 99% of the population is not affected seriously by COVID. To get a jab for a, a variation of COVID, the original uh, COVID strain that no longer exists and hasn't existed for a year and a half. So people are being, you know, being jabbed for a virus that's no longer here. That is irrational too. Why do they do it? Because it makes money and because they made people afraid. So that's what they should be looking into. You know, I mean, they, the state of Florida should be suing on behalf of the citizens of Florida, not just, you know, going after side effects. You know, like it sounds kind of some kind of innocuous. What they should be doing, what Florida should do is personal, well, as a state, sue Big Pharma. And, of course, the state will say, well, we're immune, we're immune. And we're like, uh, not for damages, not for, uh, you know, malpractice, not for mass murder, mass crippling, at the least criminally negligent homicide. That means you committed homicide. Uh, you didn't know you were committing homicide, but you should have. I think that's a much lesser charge than, than mass murder, which is what I would charge them with. But at least, I mean, it'd be easy to prove criminally negligent homicide. They even admitted it. It's on tape. It's on video. It's, it's everywhere. Oh, we didn't know. We didn't do the test. You know, we didn't have to do the test because we're not liable. So. And, and we're under an emergency use authorization. Well, that should have been done away with a long time ago. But that's what happens when you let the government steal the government. When the government chooses the government, they make other friends uh, immune from any government prosecution. That's what's happened. That's why we still have the emergency use declaration. The minute that ends, big farmers liable to a certain extent. They're liable for malpractice. They're not liable for, uh, uh, for the vaccine itself because there's a law against that, which had never been passed. And we can recall if you all will share our bill on vaccine product liability. WriteYourLaws.com, click on legislation, click on all proposed laws. It's one of the top, it's in the top like five. Vaccine product liability, easy to find, easy to share, easy, easy to get to media uh, and government. Just uh, copy the link and send it out. That's how you win. But unless millions of people are going to do that, we're not going to win. Also, if you're sitting here talking on a microphone uh, to a much smaller audience than we should have. We should have millions of people listening to the show. You know, I intended for this show to be able to direct mass uh, movement, mass lobbying to fix our problems because government's incapable of fixing it. We need to fix government by us basically telling them what laws we consent to. And if enough people consent to the laws that are coming out of Action Radio, we can change the government, we can change our lives. But nothing happens until you share the show and share the bills. Nothing. That's where we are. Back to the article. We did a study in Florida, and you saw an 86% increase in cardiac-related activity from people 18 to 39 from mRNA shots. That's from Governor DeSantis. So we're going to be doing some stuff to bring accountability there. This is something that we're going to lead on in Florida. We're probably going to have some announcements over the next three or four weeks on that. Well, I'm going to be talking to you today. <laughs> I'll be messaging um, Dr. Latipo, the Surgeon General of Florida, who took the lead in this. Anyway, it says we're still, this is back to the article, we're still unsure if DeSantis is just trying to stay in the news with his latest comments or if he actually plans to hold manufacturers accountable. That's from the article, Tony Carraza. Well, Tony Carraza, <laughs> Tony with an I, the dude, he's got a beard, right? So Tony with an eye, Carraza, uh, 
if you think this is just to stay in the news, then we need to have a talk. I mean, one of these guys reported on, on any of the mass deaths, um, depressions, crippling injuries, you know, all the other things that have happened, the strokes, you know, and why, you know, the, one thing the Senate should be doing is ordering autopsies for anybody that had a COVID jab. I mean, that's what I do, you know, because you want to find out where are the blood clots, you know, can they be traced back, you know, do a, do DNA analysis. That's what I should talk to Judy Mikevitz about. Have the blood clots themselves been analyzed? Maybe I'll text her after the show, see if I can get you an answer. Um, that was one of the beauties of doing the, great, the world's greatest doctors panel. I'm in contact, in contact with some amazing folks. In fact, we had Dr. Deborah Viglione on the show last week talking her book on, on COVID vaccines, you know, what the manufacturers didn't tell you. It's on Amazon. So Dr. Deborah Viglione, uh, Dr. Jim Thorpe, and I think it's Susan Saxon is the lawyer. So it's two doctors and a lawyer. Uh, got this book together, COVID vaccine. Let me see if I can actually uh, let me find it for you here. I still, have, still have it on my desktop. I have to move a couple of things. Hopefully uh, my microphone won't quit. I'm really worried about my microphone quitting because uh, it has, you know, twice in three weeks. All right. So if I'm, you know, if I'm never broad, not broadcasting, text me. Okay, here's the book. The COVID, it's got COVID-19 vaccines and beyond what the medical industrial complex is not telling us. Sally Saxon, JD, Deborah Viglione, MD, and James A. Thorpe, MD. And once again, if you're going to find this on Amazon, COVID-19 vac. this is the COVID-19 vaccines and beyond what the medical industrial complex is not telling us. Uh, and so that's not been on my Facebook pages. It's kind of all over the place. So there you go. That's how you can find that book. All right, let's, let's bring the screen back. See if I'm still functioning. <laughs> I think I'm still functioning. Yeah, everyone saw it. We have a mute button on the, on the computer. So make sure that's not, uh, no, that seems, everything seems to be working well today. I mean, it's supposed to, <laughs> I shouldn't be surprised. It's supposed to work well anyway. Emergency use authorization, back to Tony with an I, Carraza's article. The manufacturers have an agreement uh, that absolves them of responsibility for injuries caused by vaccines given under a federal emergency use authorization. The manufacturers have an agreement? Why do they have an agreement? Why aren't we telling them what to do? Anyway, he says the state attorneys general, however, might point to state-level consumer protection statutes. (laughs) Might? I hope they do. He says DeSantis is the first state official to address the vaccination campaign and vaccine injuries. Well, at least he says vaccine injuries. That, that, that's a step in the right direction, right? Additionally, he had the courage to appoint Dr. Joseph Latipo as Florida Surgeon General. Yeah, that's another really good point. DeSantis also relies on Latipo's research to support his claims, and Latipo was the first public health leader to recommend against COVID-19 vaccines for healthy children. Well, I would recommend all vaccines, against all vaccines for healthy children. So here's the, here's the great uh, debate. In all of these things, these, these very rare, extremely rare, except for the illegal aliens bringing them in, these extremely rare childhood diseases are treatable. Okay. So do you have to vaccinate against every possible disease knowing how dangerous the vaccines are? No. Stay healthy, get your immune system going, exercise, eat less, you know, get good nutrition, build up your immune system, antioxidants, all that kind of stuff. That's your greatest immunization against disease. And if you do happen to get a disease, you know, then, then treat it, go get the appropriate treatment, knock it out. COVID is pretty easily treated. Hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, vitamin D, C, D3, vitamin C, you know, azithromycin, the Zelenko protocol. It's pretty easy to treat COVID for 99.9 some odd percent of the population. So why would you mass vaccinate, in other words, mass cripple millions of people when the treatment, you know, in fact, most people just get over it. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's like a cold and a flu bug. 
That's what coronaviruses are. Cold and flu bugs are coronaviruses. Why would you, why would you have a mass vaccine program unless you had something else in mind? Well, of course, we know what they had in mind. It's a bioweapon. But the irony is, and I pointed this out before, the thing that they forgot is that those of us, you know, resistors, there's compliers and resistors. The compliers, the folks that go along with government programs, the sheep, the, the mask wearers, the, uh, the scared, the fearful, the, uh, the, the less than courageous, the, the dependent, you know, the, you know, those are the folks. They're the ones who are running in and, and getting multiple jabs. You know, those of us who are independent, patriots, you know, uh, uh, as I say, constitutional independent. That's, that's where I put myself on the, on the political scale. We're refusing. So the rebels are doing just fine, and the conformists are all getting jabbed. I don't think that's what they had in mind. So basically, they're injuring and killing the conformists, and they're, they're uh, you know, <laughs> the rebels are growing <laughs> proportionally in the population. I just find that interesting. You know, maybe you do too. This is member- Back to the article, just a little bit more here. He says, members of the panel cited studies from around the world on heart-related side effects, the impact on pregnant women and babies, and the vaccine's overall effect on the immune system. Well, wait a minute. Did they say the vaccine's effect on the immune system? Shouldn't the vaccine, if it were a vaccine or an immunization, shouldn't it enhance your immune system? Well, guess what? <laughs> you know, obviously, it's having the opposite effect. It's destroying your immune system because most of the people getting COVID, most of the people dying of COVID, have, uh, have gotten the jab. So the jab reduces your immune system. So not only is it not safe and not effective, it's actually, dangerous. It's actually ineffective and dangerous. You know, nobody who, has, who had the COVID jab should get COVID, except in extremely rare cases. And I mean extremely rare. Like one in, what, 100 million? <laughs> or 10 million or whatever it is. Extremely rare. That's not happening. In fact, the vast majority of, of COVID cases with the variants our people have been jabbed because as we talked about earlier, probably a year or so ago, the jab causes the variations because it, it only gives you a very narrow alleged protection against the, uh, the spike proteins and leaves the whole rest of the virus to do what it does. So the virus says, oh, I can get around this. <laughs> so the virus gets around the, quote, vaccine, the messenger RNA gene therapy, and, and creates a variant to survive. That's what viruses do. Whereas if you have a healthy immune system, you go after the entire virus. And any variant that comes through, you go, oh, I've seen this before. <laughs> Zap that. <laughs> and that's how it works. Anyway, um, I got something I want to play for Josie when she gets on the line. I'm having a little bit of fun. Of, uh, we have a new sponsor here, so I'll get to that. Let me see if there's anything else I want to cover in, in the meantime. Let's see if i got something short for you here. I don't think so. Uh, do I play? Let, me, let me take uh, one more break, play a couple things. And if, uh, if we get Josie to call on the line, then I'll, I'll get right to that. If not, I'll start another article. And we'll see what's going on. So let me see. Let's play this one. From addiction to achievement, that is the story of Mike Lindell. It started with my pillow and now goes to my coffee. Action Radio is proud to be an affiliate of my pillow. Our discount code is the same for all our product affiliates, W-Y-L, which stands for Write your laws. My pillow pillows are guaranteed the most comfortable pillow you'll ever own. Action Radio is guaranteed to be the most controversial show you will ever hear. Check out their products with our discount code at mypillow.com/wyl. That's mypillow.com/wyl. Or order now by calling one eight hundred five four four eight nine. That's 1-800-544-8939. Sleep well. 
so you can wake up and hear Action Radio live. Do you know your way around healthcare, insurance, pharmacies, surgery, alternative treatments and choices? I don't. Which is why I'm so glad I met Priscilla Romans, had her on Action Radio, and learned about health patient advocacy. She is the founder of Great Care. And now as an affiliate of Great Care, we are proud to offer through our discount code, WYL, which stands for Write Your Laws, a 10% discount. Great Care saves you both time and money. They provide medical advocacy, consultation, advice, and recommendations nationwide. Their website is greatcare.com. That's G-R-A-I-T-H-Care.com. You can email them at greatcare.adm at gmail.com or call them at 469-864-7149. That's 469-864-7149. Great Care, better health through better knowledge and advocacy. She started off as a poor child in Nicaragua, living under communism. And now she is a prosperous small businesswoman with a great family, living the dream as an American citizen. Josie Cossey knows all about both worlds, communism and freedom. She knows where your dreams can come alive and where they can die very quickly. And so her report is as much from experience as knowledge, and her passion and crusade are very real. With connections all over Central and South America, Josie brings you the world south of the U.S. border from personal experience, living, not just reporting, what's happening. And now, the Latina Report with Josie Cossey. Buenos dias. Good morning. Buenos dias. Dobre Konnichiwa, Josie-san. Yeah. So Brianna had to leave early, so we don't have any any overlap. She, the last couple of weeks, she's only had half an yeah, hour. Yeah, that's what my oh. husband said, but I was busy here, so I said I'll oh. call that day. Oh no, you can call it a day. I, actually, I kind of glad I went over that article because, um, in fact, your timing was perfect mm-hmm. um, because I just finished this article about uh, on what, uh, what Governor DeSantis wants to do in terms of the the, the side effects of the uh, the COVID jab, and I want to get a more it's bill. Bad. Yeah, it's really bad. Well, well, uh, our bill is so much more comprehensive than what what they're talking about. You know, it's like uh, Congressman Stubbe has a bill on Section 230, which is which is a good bill, but it's nowhere near as comprehensive as our bill. So I talked to his office yesterday and said, "Here, please take a look at this. Mm-hmm. Consider this as as a possible substitute or a modification of your bill, because uh, I think we cover more areas. Good. And we'll see what happens. Yeah. Anyway, so um, yeah, how how bad That's is great. it? How bad? What's going on with with uh, with the jabs that you know? Uh, and then we can get on to no, all your other stuff. Because, uh, one of my husband's friends uh, last year, we celebrated my husband's birthday, and mm-hmm. we left the restaurant. And uh, my girlfriend asked this gentleman, he goes, did you get the shot? And he goes, yes, but don't tell Josie. But anyway, the very next <laughs> day after the birthday party, I know. Yeah, I wonder how many friends ve- I have. That's yeah, they're funny. scared to tell me. So huh. the very your... next day, he had a heart yeah. attack. Oh, my God. Oh, no. Days... Yeah, yeah. And then a few days later, the, he had open heart surgery, full of blood clots. Yeah. Now, wow. he mm-hmm. was he was visiting uh, and took my husband to lunch yesterday, mm-hmm. and uh, he came in. He's kind of scared to talk to me. 
Uh, he came Why? In and, because I'm going to tell it like it is. I'm not afraid. And my mm-hmm. husband said, oh, I said, I said, sensitive. He needs to start detoxing now. And I did tell him. He goes, ivermectin? No way. He goes, but my heart is doing good, blah, blah, blah. But anyway, so when he was at lunch with my husband, uh, he said, well, the reason we kind of got away from you guys a little bit is because my wife, she's a true believer of the vaccines. And, I, yeah, I told my husband, you should have told him the truth, what's going to happen to him if he doesn't do something about it. But, mm-hmm. you know, many families, friends have departed from each other because of the beliefs of the vaccine, and it's very sad what's happening because they're in denial. One of my doctor friends in Peru, she stopped talking to me for a whole year. She's coming around now when she comes in then Zumba and visits here. She, she's a doctor in Peru. And mm-hmm. she made sure the whole family, including the little kids, Everybody got vaccinated. She was even flying people from New Jersey to come here because over there it was hard for anybody to get it, only if you were old. And uh, so she got the whole family here. She flew some of her nephews from Peru to get it here. I mean, this is this is genocide. This is horrible, horrible. Did she happened. did she even look into into you know how dangerous uh, COVID actually is? Because it's not dangerous no. for ninety nine percent of the people. It's it's the nothing. CDC. No, she trusts the CDC, like my girlfriend in Miami. Mm-hmm. Pharmaceutical, professional pharmaceutical, this woman. And her husband is a doctor. Her son is a doctor. Her daughter is mm-hmm. a lawyer. They all got the vaccine, all of them. And, and I never I read the studies. Sending me videos. Yeah, I remember her sending me videos. Uh, like if you touch a doorknob, and it was like it will sap you, the, the COVID. It was all <laughs> a lie. And I was laughing when I seen that. And uh, so she kind of got away from me for a year or so also. And I told her, I don't care if your husband is a doctor and your son and everybody professional, all of you, you guys were lied to, lied to. I think uh, they're finding out now that it's all a lie. Yeah. So well, they may have professional, yeah. They may have professional credentials, but they're not acting professionally. The first thing a professional does is, is looks at the evidence. Look at the studies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I, I, I spent two hours. Um, this is back in February of 2020 when I first heard about Dr. Yeah. Fascist and I knew he was evil. There was just something about him that really bothered me. So that was my gut reaction. I, I remember you were dangerous. talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I knew he was bad. That's why I started calling him Dr. Fascist. So, so the first, my first question I'm thinking, this is, this is my logic and reason. This is what I, I talked to Brianna about a lot is that you can use your logic and reason to come to some very interesting conclusions or at least go in the right direction. So here's what I knew. Mm-hmm. I knew that vaccines take at least 10 years to develop. I knew that back in the 90s, there was a vaccine scare exactly. with Gulf War syndrome, squalene and all these other chemicals. And, and I, it was my own daughter, you know, kept her away from the shots. Mm. She's fine. Mm. <laughs> you know, um, mm-hmm. yeah. and I also knew, I also knew that diseases and viruses are treatable. So you mm. don't have to load your body up with supposedly things that will that you'll never get it because our own immune system is designed healthy. for that. Why yeah, do you if get you're healthy. Shot that you don't even know what's in it. They don't want to tell you what's in it. If you're yeah. healthy, that doesn't make any sense. These people are criminals. They all need to be arrested and put in prison. Oh, um, I agree with you. But you know, Go ahead. what mm-hmm. I think it really happened, uh, Greg, I think like my girlfriend from Peru, 
they thought they couldn't get the vaccine, so they were trying to do everything possible to get around whatever possible way to get it, so they will be the first ones to get it. And I think that's what happened with a lot of people. Like, I saw a lot of people lined up at my church, which is horrible. They're dying. Every week we got somebody new dying at my church. It's horrible. They're is it pointed out? Is it pointed out that these are, are, are COVID jab deaths? Is anybody talking about that? Or are these people not. dying? Of uh, course not. They're not the saying problem. it. They're keeping it. Yeah. But this guy, all of a sudden, he's dead in his, in his rocking chair. They found him dead. Yeah. So uh, almost every week we're burying different people at my church. It's sad. And, and all the stories that the nurses are telling me at nursing home, it's just horrible. Horrible, horrible. And a sacred heart with all the pregnant women having babies fully vaccinated, full of blood clots, and they're not saying nothing. They don't want you to know. Yeah, but I, I'm the I'm the information center for Pensacola for the nursing and medical. Uh, they tell me everything. Yeah, it's uh, well. It's if bad. you uh, if you get a statement from someone that you can read on the air, they can do it anonymously. You know, if someone wants to come on anonymously, I had to remember Lab Tech I X. invited, but they're afraid because, oh, they'll recognize my voice. Oh, you know. So, okay, well, that's why I say it. read but, a statement, uh, you know, publish a statement um, or just read it yourself or send it to me and I'll read it. Um, and, and I'll just, like I say, we had Lab Tech X who is a, a, you know, a person who has lab experience and, uh, you know, didn't want mm-hmm. to be identified by name. Um, so so yeah. we will protect people. And I don't mention names of people who use different names. I just don't do that. You know, I'm really good about keeping secrets. So if someone wants to, you know, send something, you can, they, can, they can give it to you, you know, email it to me. Yeah. I can read it over the air and say, here's a, testimon- here's a testimonial uh, from somebody in the healthcare business. They are a nurse. They are a doctor. They are uh, uh, yeah. an intern. They're a medical student. They're something. We'll just give, we'll give that part of, of, of the story, and that's one it. Of, uh, one of the RNs uh, uh, that goes to my church, uh, uh, she was telling me, she works for this doctor woman at Baptist, and she said the doctor's full of blood clots. She's very ill now, the doctor, and they're oh, not sorry. telling nobody. Yeah, well, they're keeping it a secret. Here's mm-hmm. a question I had that <clears throat> I might uh, get on to Dr. Judy Mikevitz about. Have these blood clots been analyzed? Is there, can we trace what's in the blood clots back, back to the jab, back to the COVID shot? Has anybody done DNA analysis you know, on what these blood clots actually are. I haven't even looked at that myself. Uh, I'm going to do that after the show. Do you know you anything about that? You can ask that artist because he had this, this he, he's been on Mike Adams quite a bit and uh, okay. Peter. Uh, those blood clot stringy things, they almost look like calamaris. Those, <laughs> I mean, it's gross. Well, they don't look like blood clots. Uh, they're like <clears throat> blood clots are like, that they're building. Yeah, yeah. They're not yeah. blood clots. And the embalmers, like the video you've seen, uh, 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 suddenly death. Yeah, died uh, suddenly. Died suddenly, yeah. Died suddenly. I got it backwards. I'm thinking That's in okay. Spanish. Uh, I usually <laughs> don't think in Spanish. I dream in English. I think in English. Uh, but uh, they're No, your English is fabulous. They embal- yeah. yeah, your English is huh? fabulous. I have no I have no problems with your Your English is great. Uh, sometimes so, I think yeah. backwards. But the embalmers are having a hard time uh, embalming the bodies because of these things. It's right. horrible. What's well, the fact that they're sort of like rubber, I'm trying to think. There was something else that turned blood into like a, a rubbery substance. Uh, maybe it was a movie plot or something like that. But this is not – this is, this is um, 
I don't know. It's too familiar. Um, but I want to get the blood clots analyzed. Mm-hmm. So maybe I, I got a note to myself, you know, to look that up. And, um, well, yeah, well, Brian's a friend of mine, you know, and, and in yeah, fact, I'm yeah. hoping, yeah. So I, I can contact him directly and say, hey, dude, what's the story? Hey, and did you say you're going to have Dr. Lyle on? Uh, Dr. Lyle or Dr. Latipo? Today? No, not oh, I Dr. Dr. Lyle. Oh, no, not to no. We actually had Dr. Latipo, who's the Florida, Florida Surgeon General. We had him booked on the show. Oh, okay. And he had to cancel. Okay, okay. Uh, this is right before the midterm. Something was going on, and he had to go. Uh, okay. But I'm going to reconnect. Now, now that things are calming down a little bit, so either before uh, Christmas and New Year's or after, I hope to have him back, especially since the story, especially since the governor wants to take some action. Well, the best action, that, we've already done it. We've already got the bill. Just put it in state law. Mm-hmm. They don't have to even yeah. think about it too much. It's right there. We've done the work. And this is, this is the thing that's frustrating me right now, uh, is that we've got mm. the answers and people are refusing to take them up. They're, 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 they're still yeah. going back to, the, you know, we've got to do this ourselves. You know, in other words, not invented here. I think that's a, that's a thing. Yeah. NIV, not invented. If they didn't do it, then it's not real. Uh, and I've got, mm. I've got to find a way to cross that barrier to where yeah. people, you, you know, we, we, oh, yeah, I'm not stopping. No, this is, this is, this is a lifetime yeah. commitment. Um, to this because, first of all, I know it works. I know that people believe in what we're doing, but we need to get to the governor. I need contacts. I need folks that look at the bill and go, yeah, I can, we, can, we can adapt that. And even if they make changes, that's yeah. their prerogative. You know, if, if Dr. Latipo and, and Governor DeSantis look at our bill and go, okay, we're going to change this. Peter Navarro might be able to uh, cook it up even better, you know, with Who's Peter Navarro. Peter Navarro. Oh, oh Peter Navarro? Mm-hmm. Oh, you're talking mm-hmm. uh, Trump's uh, senior advisor? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm going to get him back on the show, too. You I'm know, going so, to uh, an event, uh, January the 2021. Uh-huh. Uh, it's a medical doctor thing at a mega church. Where is My it? My friend, I forgot the information. She bought the tickets. I was so busy. She bought the tickets is for it, me it, yesterday. Is it here or is it out of state? Tennessee. Oh, okay. And, and uh, so many people are going to be there. Mike Flynn, Cindy Powell, Mike Landell, uh, Trump's kids, Laura Logan, I mean, everybody. Is this a Reawaken so America tour? Uh, it's something about uh, the, the vaccines. Medical, no, I think it's the, I, I think it's the Reawaken America tour. Yeah, in fact, I was hoping that... Uh, yes, Reawaken America tour. That's okay, so that's where Judy yeah. speaks. That's where she talks about our bill. She talks about uh, yeah. the vaccine product liability, and she also talks about our our Section 230 big tech oh, bill. good. So she actually I'm presents those. There. Yeah. Yeah, well, good. We can good. Talk, talk to Judy. Say hi for me. <laughs> you know, uh, but I, I I'm looking for um, some supporters. I'm looking for, you know, in fact, uh, hopefully I have new contact with the Heritage Foundation that hopefully will, uh, you know, they should be donating to us. Instead of requesting donations from mm-hmm. everybody, they should be contributing to Action Radio. Because mm-hmm. we do 10 times mm-hmm. the work on, 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 a, on a millionth of their budget. <laughs> you know, you know mm-hmm. or, or, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, like I said, as, as I joke with Jonathan, Jonathan knows Heritage Foundation, he used to work in the same building. You know, I said, if, if we could just get their luncheon budget every month, <laughs> you know, or, or yeah. one, one, one luncheon budget from Heritage, and, and I, can, uh, I can run a national media Well, campaign. I get to hear, I get to hear them. They call me every day to hear the meetings, actually. Who does that? But Heritage? I, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, um, uh, you know, give them our givesendgo.com uh, slash action radio site and say, hey, why don't you contribute to action radio? Considering we do, I, I we do, I we do the do things. I think I will do that next time. Yeah, they'll, I'll be really arrogant. Me, uh, What's that? Yeah, they call us. Uh, 
like three, four times uh, a week. Heritage yeah. does the Heritage Foundation asking yeah. for money. Yeah, huh. I'm, I'm, I signed up so I can get a phone call when they have the meetings. Yeah. Oh, okay. On, so that on makes sense. Radio. But just ask them for money. Do a reverse and say, look, I, you know, I'm a reporter for Action Radio, and we think well, that, that, that uh, you should be contributing yeah. to us. <laughs> it's funny yeah. when you ask uh, someone who's asking for money for money. <laughs> but why not? We do. <laughs> well, ask them, no, I'm serious. But let me know what happens because this would be That's really funny. True. But uh, considering that we do the work that they only talk about. I mean, I, I, I know that sounds arrogant, but it's true. Action Radio yeah. writes the bills that Heritage talks about. So they talk, yeah, we do. True. So why aren't they contributing to us? Yeah. And that goes for Cato and well, uh, the Hoover Institute, and that goes for any of those think tanks out there. Oh, you guys are talking. We're doing. You should be contributing to us. Hey, um, yeah, go ahead. What do you Off think about, what's, your, what's your opinion about the uh, reparation money that the criminal in California wants to give to people? <laughs> <laughs> Is that I crazy? Don't what? know anything about it. Why don't you Why don't you tell me the story? No, I kind of heard. I don't know much about it, but I heard that I don't know millions are going to be given out to uh, mm-hmm. slavery reparation, and I'm like, uh, I think I heard that California was not really part of slavery. Yeah, Do California never had slavery. <laughs> well, it's, it's just kind of funny because California never had slavery. And even if it did, a, oh, you know, okay. the, both these slave owners and the slaves are, are long gone. So the well, I want I want reparations yeah. for affirmative action. Yeah, you know, all, so all the jobs I, I didn't get because I'm a white guy, and and I'm still see. Here's the thing, I you know, reparations okay. for affirmative action make far more sense than reparations for slavery because affirm, I'm still a victim yeah. of affirmative action. How many government jobs didn't yeah. I get? And I applied because I'm a white guy. Yeah. Okay, and I'm an yeah. immigrant. I should have immigrant status, but because I'm a white guy immigrant, it doesn't show. You as a woman of color, you know, from a Latino country, you know, get, get, would get affirmative action, whereas I wouldn't because I'm a white guy, you know, from Canada. I didn't get higher in Alabama because I was too dark Latina. They said, no, you're Oh, see black. that? So there's racial prejudice. That's different. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I get the, I get the, me. yeah. But I get official government prejudice. But, um, yeah. So I put on Twitter, I said, so. Since they're giving reparation money in California, mm-hmm. so does that mean Kamala Harris' family is going to have to pay off? <laughs> they had over 200 slaves in Jamaica? Yeah, exactly. She should, she, her family should pay reparations. Well, it'd be nice if she actually applied for citizenship before becoming uh, the illegal vice president. That would be a start. <laughs> you know, we can start there. And while we're at it, let's go back to you know Obama's uh, you know Kenyan birthplace and interview. That's, I'll say, see if I had money when I get a really big travel budget, I'd, I'd broadcast from Kenya from Obama's birthplace because th- that's the kind of amusing mm-hmm. stuff I would do. Oh yeah, I do all that stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd be on the yeah. border so fast it would make your head spin. We'd have the documentaries going. So when we yeah. get our breakthrough, when we get an operating budget, uh, I've got huge plans, but I can't do it without money. You know, it's just that simple. I but know. Uh, wouldn't it be fun to go to Kenya? Your girl. Oh, I know. Oh, we'll get there. I'm not hey, worried about I w- it. I'm just, I'm just I- impatient. <laughs> I wanted to share with you uh, about uh, 25 people got shot in Chicago, six wow. dead, one wounded, and nobody's really talking about it. And that's, well, uh, let's talk about it. This is yeah. very sad. We need to pray for the family because uh, things are getting worse in Chicago and uh, feel family they share a lot of stuff with us 
elections, they're right in the middle of everything, you know. Uh, Banks are bad. They're afraid to go to a small grocery store because people are going in and they just grab whatever they want and nobody can do anything or nobody wants to do anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is it is out of control, the situation in Chicago. And, we uh, had a guest. No, no one is um, with, hmm? Remember Rhonda Ezell? Let me see if I get her name right. Rhonda Ezell from uh, Chicago know. Guns Matter. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, let me look her up mm-hmm. here. What about quickly. Well, she'd be a great guest to have. If you want to, if you want to help out, we can get her back on. You may want to interview her, bring her on your segment. Yeah, Rhonda Ezell. Chicago Guns Matter. It's on Facebook. You can look it up. She was on the show. She oh, was really? on with uh, Shirley uh, on our Friday, one of our Friday gun chats. Mm-hmm, but she'd mm-hmm. be a, a great person. She's very active uh, and is exactly what's going on there. In fact, I wish she were a regular reporter. She's welcome on the show anytime. Uh, Chicago Guns mm-hmm. Matter, Rhonda Ezell, R-H-O-N-D-A-E-Z-E-L-L. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah. that's to find out. I mean, this is our people. And, mm-hmm. I mean, this mayor uh, running the show, Frogface, She's not doing anything about anything. Well, why, why, and why is that? Why is a black mayor of Chicago not caring about caring you know, what the people. liberals would call her people, right? Okay. See, I don't, I don't, see, yeah. I don't see race as a people. I, that, 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 in this country, that makes no sense. You know, that's like saying black Africans. Yeah. Okay, well, most, of, most Africans are black, so it's kind of stupid to say that, right? So, but to say yeah. my people, you know, my people are Americans. Those are my people. You know, yeah. but, the, but the left doesn't see it that way. So what the left would call, not us, not Action Radio, but what the left would call her people are killing each other. And she's doing nothing about it. So why would that be? Why would a black mayor in a black city council, Democrat black mayor, Democrat black city council, tolerate a situation where, where, where black residents of Chicago are killing each other in such ridiculous numbers? What do they get out of it? They don't do nothing about it. I don't know. But Same what thing in get? Philadelphia, different areas, you know, locals run in the country. That, mm-hmm. I mean, their state, I mean, you know, okay. nothing gets so, done. They steal all the money. It's all about me, 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 and they don't care about the people at all. And stupid people are still voting for them. So it's like. Well, they are. They're idiots. They but let's have, think about this in terms of communism. You look at Cuba, you look at Nicaragua, you look at uh, any communist Venezuela. country. Venezuela. It's exactly the same thing. And what I find, the one thing that the communist countries and, and Democrat, you know, governments in our cities have in common is that they, they don't mm-hmm. care about the people. However bad it gets, it doesn't matter. It's like at the federal level, the government who chose the government of Brandon, the moron, and subjected us to mm-hmm. this kind of treatment, our own government thinks so little of our own people that they're willing to subject yeah. us to a horrible situation simply so they can maintain their privilege. Well, there's no difference between them and Castro and Maduro and uh, what's his name in, in Ukraine. They're no different. They're no Zelensky. different than, the, than our Democrats here. Yeah, you know, Zelensky it's me, me, me. to freeze their people to death. You know that. Yeah. Who's this yeah. now? Zelensky in, uh, in Ukraine. Yeah. Uh, some of my friends are sending me pictures there in the dark just with candles. Oh, great. Those people Winter are going to freeze to death. Yeah. I don't know what they're going to do. Uh, they cut the electricity in many villages and many poor areas. And this was well organized. We knew about it six months ago that he's going to freeze uh, a lot of people and, and that way he can get rid of a lot of people. And so is in Germany. Mm-hmm. Uh, so is in Greece, maybe. Uh, 
happening in Greece yet because I have a friend over there that we've been Zumba. She's been there for three months. I said, but you could freeze to death. She said, well, she goes, I guess I can die with my family over there, you know, that I haven't seen in years. Greece is pretty warm, though. I don't know if Greece even gets snow. Uh, They're pretty far south in the Mediterranean. I mean, how cold cold are are there winters in Greece? It's probably not bad. I don't know, but Ukraine is very cold. Ukraine's yeah. freezing. Oh yeah, Ukraine. I mean, the, the oh, field's yeah. freezing. Oh yeah, you have place. to wear layers well, and layers and layers, and you don't want to have a hot flush when you got layers and layers. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for sharing it that. Is horrible. <laughs> that's not something I would have thought of, but that's interesting. Yeah. Well, this, yeah, oh that's god, it's good it to happened know. to me. Yeah. Oh, oh my goodness. Like you're want to die. It's like below zero, and you're like having hot flush with four layers of clothes. <laughs> oh my goodness. It's crazy. Got a little and body regulation everywhere. there. Yeah. Well, here's here's uh, the obvious. I was gonna say, let me just one more point here. The obvious solution to Ukraine is a negotiated settlement in the war. If you want to stop people from freezing to death, end the friggin' war. I'm surprised Trump's not more involved. I'm surprised there aren't more rebellion, rebellious members of Congress. Yeah, yeah. Behind and I don't the scene, want to, he's involved. Yeah, but he needs but, to get out in front of this. He needs to be in the front. See, I'm an advocate. And somebody else said this recently, too, that Trump should be doing a weekly press conference uh, talking about all the things that uh, that Brandon's doing wrong and the, the Democrats are doing wrong. He should be doing this all the time. So, look, none of this has to happen. There's no reason for fuel shortages. There's no reason for food shortages. There's no reason for supply line problems. There's no reason for, for high gas prices. There's no reason for any of this. There's no reason for a war in Ukraine. In fact, remember when Dr. Peter yeah. Pry was alive, he, he actually outlined on one of our shows, uh, I think it's the same one that Thomas uh, McInerney was on, you know, when we talked about the election fraud that uh, Putin had mm-hmm. six points, uh, the most important of which was Ukraine doesn't join NATO. Well, that's easy. You know, in fact, NATO should, should go back to the old, uh, you know, Western European border. In fact, mm-hmm. NATO shouldn't even exist anymore. Ever since the Soviet Union collapsed and became the, the, the Russian Federation, NATO should have been disbanded right then and there. We should have left and European yeah. countries should have taken care of themselves. But the obvious answer to people yeah. freezing to death in Ukraine is to stop the damn war. But they're not doing that. Well, they're doing, they're doing just the opposite. Uh, they're making hey, it. They're prolonging it. You mentioned it. Peter Pry. I I wanted uh-huh. to mention it earlier today, actually, and I'm glad you okay. brought it up. Okay. I almost have a feeling that he was taken by our government. Now he got the because, jab. Because, uh, yeah, but besides the jab, I think they killed him probably. Uh, because mm. uh, what? No, because he was on my show. Trying... He was on for yeah, years no, complaining listen. about it. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. What's your theory? But these people are criminal evil, and she's an expert on EMPs, and they they want to attack us with an EMP uh, now. And remember those things that I told you that they're hanging by this uh, post at the corner of my store. I asked a um, a military guy uh, that he knows about all that. He says it's five G uh, little things hanging. Uh, they're trying to to get everything and, and and everybody, and the 5G is connected to the vaccine. He was saying that it's controlling a lot of people. You know that video, uh, suddenly death, uh, death suddenly, or whatever. Uh, yeah, died suddenly. Did yeah, you that's see okay. people? Did, did you see people spending like if somebody's guiding them, like if there's hallucinating and and, and somebody's after them. Uh, he was telling me it's part of this uh, G5, and that's why they can't hardly wait for you to get the G6. It's more powerful. 
and it's in the vaccines, and it's going to kill so many because they're controlling you, he was telling me. Yeah, see, so, this, is where I, I, this is where I would dispute it um, because – now, here's what I do know. I do, I do know there are things in the vaccine, the jab, that we don't know about. Graphene oxide, there are iron particles. That's mm-hmm. why your skin magnetizes. And there's actually iron in there. Iron's magnetic. Okay? So that makes sense. Uh, as for controlling people and nanobots and microtechnology, I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced yes. you could do that yes. on, on a worldwide scale. So why uh, I, think I think there are, there are tracers. Somebody's calling, calling them. Uh, I don't know. What I don't do know if that's you, fake or real. I mean, I, I don't know. You know, it doesn't make well, sense to me that saying. we have the technology to make zombies involved. out of people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, get them on the show. Let me, let me ask them questions. You know, and mm-hmm. if, uh, if they can answer my questions. Part, and, he knows a lot about chemtrails. Oh, my God. I was like, oh, my God, I need to bring him on the show. He's so and, busy. And he this, works at night. This is a friend of yours? Oh. Uh, yeah. He, we know okay. him now. Don't identify me yet, but uh, if he wants to come on the show, he's yeah, welcome. Yeah. Okay, but yeah. I'm going to ask questions because I know a little bit about, you know, That's stratospheric uh, atmosphere sharp. patterns. <laughs> What's that? He knows a lot. He's oh, no. very so sharp. He knows a lot. Okay, yeah. yeah. I'm not too sluggish myself, mm-hmm. so let us let's uh, let's let me question him and let's find out if, if yeah. what he says makes sense. I'm not, I'm, listen, I'm always willing to listen, but I will ask mm-hmm. questions, you know, and I think that's fair game. Sure. But here's and what makes sense to me. Them because I was like, holy crap, I need to bring you to the station. I don't yeah. know if I have the time. And uh, well, the other thing I to... wanted to talk about is, yeah. is Twitter, uh-huh. uh, the Democrat Party, the radical left government, uh, Joe Biden's uh, corrupt, fraud, communist uh, government that he's running. It's all a fraud, crooks. Uh, they're all, all going to be exposed uh and you know, and you notice uh, step by step, mm-hmm. Elon Musk is releasing information about this, about the voting for. He's going to release about the vaccine, and uh, let me tell you, this is going to be good. And like I said, uh, what two years ago, that a lot of the fake new media will be shut down. Oh yeah, it's coming. It's a matter well, of time. Well, I think exposing them is fine. And in fact, they'll, they'll shut down when the ratings drop. I mean, CNN is in the tank right now. Oh, they they really need Donald Trump back in office. All these sources. And what's going to happen is people are going to realize they were totally betrayed. But the betrayal keeps going with every new betrayal. You know, it's like the, the COVID jab mm-hmm. is a cult. Those that believe in the jab, okay? Yeah. Well, you don't, you don't believe in medicine. It either works or it doesn't. It's not on a belief system. You know, God is on a belief system. Mm-hmm. You do or you don't. Or you're, or you're somewhere yeah. in the middle. You're confused about it. But God is a belief system. Religion is a belief. Faith is a, is a belief system. Okay? COVID jabs, whether they work or mm-hmm. not, is not a belief system. Climate change is not a belief no. system. Whether you believe it or not is irrelevant to you. Exactly. Because you, you can believe that climate change exists. Mm-hmm. That's not going to change the weather. You know, but, you, but whether you believe in, in God or not will change your life. So that we have to separate our belief systems from, from real science, the physical laws of nature. You know, things work on mm-hmm. a physical system. So a, a, uh, a jab either has things that are good for you, things that, that are neutral, they won't do it, they won't, they're neither good nor bad, or they're bad for you, or some combination. Those mm-hmm. are the only options. Whether you believe it works yeah. or not is irrelevant. Well, actually, maybe not, because you have, your mind has a lot of control over your health. But putting aside your personal mm-hmm. control over your body through your mind, whether the, the jab works or not, you know, according to what's in it, um, that's, already, that's already established. Your belief in it doesn't matter. 
But yeah, that's how it's being treated. It's being treated as a belief system. It's being treated to me as a cult. But, Mask wearers are a cult. Climate yeah, but, advocate, change well, people, they're a cult. They're on a belief system. Yeah. What's that only now? Only God controls the weather. I said exactly. only God controls the weather, but these people, they've been at it for the last 40 yeah. years. Uh, no, tampering we, with our weather. Yeah. Well, and that's something I want to ask oh, you yeah. about because I don't, I don't believe in chemtrails, and I'll tell you why. Because the no, atmosphere. You mm, no, but it's a belief system, okay? So I want to see the okay. evidence. Either chemtrails exist or they don't. If they exist and it can be proven to my they satisfaction, exist. then, uh, okay, but, but saying one, it. Australia is one of the worst. All right, but saying it doesn't make it true any more than saying climate change exists makes it true, okay? So these are things that have to be proven. Well, these people are evil, and I hope hope I'm right and you're wrong about this because Uh we need to expose them, and these people are evil. They're using drones, and we got evidence. They're using drones to spray chemicals for us to breathe, uh-huh. and it goes into our bed. What do you think everybody has dementia now, bipolar, schizophrenia, all this crap that they're, they're, they're spraying for us to breathe? And there's not See, much we can do the, because we have to breathe here, air. Yeah, here's where the theory falls apart, and I think I found this in the movie Died Suddenly. They were talking about how do you get a bioweapon uh, into the maximum number of people? Well, you can put it in the air, but the dispersal patterns, the jet streams, the heat, the cold – They'll break up stuff in the air. That's why I don't think chemtrails work, because they're indiscriminate. That's why when a volcano erupts, the ash goes around the world. There's, there's no way to control it. So chemtrails are not a good, you know, chemicals in the air is not a good way to, to disperse a bioweapon. Well, what else you got? Well, I'll bring, you know? I'll bring this guy so you can talk to him, because he's very sharp. I sent you oh, a video uh, of this. I would Super love to. Guy too. Okay, yeah. I'd love to talk yeah. to them, all right? But think about this. So what the film that I watched, I think it was Died Suddenly, what they came to the conclusion is the best way to distribute a bioweapon to actually get it into your body is to have people take it voluntarily. And the best way to get people to take That's something voluntarily is to scare the hell out of them. So the reason that the yeah. vaccine is a bioweapon and not chemtrails and not uh, polluting uh, like a water supply, like a reservoir, is that it's the most effective way to distribute a bioweapon is to have people take it you know, into their arms directly. And that went for, for uh, Gulf War syndrome. Remember squalene? Mm-hmm. Stuff that's in the flu shot? I have friends yep. that have problems with the flu shot. And I keep saying, stop taking the flu shot. It's got squalene. What's that? Well, that's I what know. gave people Gulf War syndrome. And yet they're well, still taking it. It has all those stuff now, according to Judy. All the flu mm-hmm. shots are spikes. And, uh, <clears throat> but my concern is, if we know that so many people are dying from this, uh, vicious, evil vaccines, how come mm-hmm. we're not stopping them? We need to stop killing more people. Mm-hmm. And, and you should see, I, I had a girl, uh, she's about to go work at CVS, and oh, she's uh-huh. so excited, she's going to be given the shot. And I told her, I said, you know, every time you put that needle in somebody's arm, that person's going to die. Yeah. She goes, what? <laughs> and that's what I was telling this young girl, you yeah. know. She was so excited because she's going to make a lot of money at CVS working, giving the shots to people. Very sad. And, and we're yeah. not stopping it. Uh, nobody's doing anything. I, I just can't believe nobody's doing anything. Well, actually. It breaks my heart. Well, and this is what breaks my heart. We've got the cure. Vaccine product liability. We've got a bill. Yeah. And I've been over this, I don't know how many times since I wrote it back in 2019, yeah. that, gets rid, that gets rid of the emergency use authorization. It revokes the declaration of emergency. It changes the law so that Big Pharma is liable. 
It changes the law so that uh, the, 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 the federal governments and the state governments can't make it harder to bring a lawsuit. All this is in that bill. It's a very comprehensive bill. Did you send it to Ron DeJonte by any chance? Oh, I've sent it to, to him in an office and, and, and contacts of his uh, since I wrote it. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. But you got to remember, mm. there are gatekeepers. There are minions. I can't get past the minions. I can't get past the gatekeepers. I know. I can't get, I can't get past the people with no vision. Okay? I, I, you know, I can't. People, like when I uh, recently, there was an organization I was, I was hoping to get interested in this, and I, I found a, you know, person friendly. Uh, uh, go ahead. Let me see if we can uh, let me see if I can talk to Phil's cousin and see if we okay. can put that bill on George magazine coming up. That'd be great. Uh, let's see. That would that would be fabulous. That. Will let yeah. me. And and yeah. do and and the next month or or the next issue, uh, do the the Section two thirty bill. Yeah. Well, at least you know, we get the vaccine for now. Because well, I mean, but they, but they could do. They could. I could write for them, and I could do a monthly uh, feature. Is it once a month it comes out, or once a week? Uh, once a month, the magazine is coming out. Okay, if they want a section on on citizen legislation, you know, I could, I, I have, mm-hmm. I've got, I got twenty seven bills um, mm-hmm. that's in our bill package for. Um, we can put them. That's that's over two years worth of articles right there, I'll, just in I'll, my bill package. I'll ask, I'll tell yeah. Phil to talk to him about it, because remember, and my friend from uh, Ohio, mm-hmm. he's doing the reproving, you know, like correcting all the writing and all that. Oh, she's an Laura editor? Logan is, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I she, hooked her up. And, and now uh, Laura Logan is part of the staff for George Magazine. Uh, we oh, really? brought her in. Ooh. Yeah. And, um, I need to talk to her. You know, Diamond and Silk, uh, I think, are going to be in this issue coming up uh, for this month. The magazine is not out yet for December. Okay. Uh, they're almost done. I think they're about to bring it out, but they're, they're already working on January. Uh, huh. We're getting a lot of people on board, actually. Um, oh, good. My husband's cousin. Yeah. So well, I'll see, mention about the vaccine because, like I was mm-hmm. going to share with you, his daughter, she's an RN, uh, my husband's cousin's daughter, huh. and uh, she knew better about not to take the vaccine, but she was being bullied so much at work and she escaped for it. She took the vaccine, and let me tell you, we thought this girl was going to die uh, about six months ago. It was mm-hmm. bad. Very you know, bad. and anybody who was doing any kind of tracing, I mean, where where are the uh, there are people that keep track of these things? Epidemiologists like Dr. Harvey Risch, who I've been in contact with. Right? He's he was at mm-hmm. uh, Senator Johnson's hearing. Um, he's one of the foremost epidemiologists that said COVID's not that bad. And the jab is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Here's what the jab's causing. So he knows. He, he's like the chief epidemiologist for the, the Yale uh, University uh, Medical Center. So mm-hmm. where are the epidemiologists? Where are the people that are studying this? You know, why aren't they releasing the fact that COVID jab deaths and COVID injuries are all out there? Unless they're being suppressed. Unless their grants are at stake. I, I truly believe that uh, a lot of this, it's going to be released by Twitter and people are going to be in shock because they don't believe it. You see what I mean? Look mm-hmm. at Rod Stewart. Look at Irene Cara. Uh, what happened to Rod Stewart? People. What happened to Rod Stewart? Uh, he, his son got a heart attack. They're saying, oh, he just had That's a... Right. They're lying. They're, they're, mm-hmm. Now they're saying, oh, he had a panic attack. No, he didn't. Mm-hmm. He's only 12 years old. Not and a COVID jab. Yeah, he, please. He was turning blue because he was vaccinated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
and yeah. he didn't allow people to come to his concert unless you were double vaccinated and showed your ID. And uh, some yeah. of the concerts that were doing this stuff, mm-hmm. and one of my friends, uh, he copied, he made in the computer his own little vaccinated car. He said, I'm not getting no vaccine. The heck with mm-hmm. that crap. And and he presented it. He said, I went in the concert and everything, and it was perfect. So <laughs> <laughs> good for you. You're saving your life. Yeah, but he's around sure all those shedders, so I hope he had good nutrition to uh, not get uh, you know, get too close to all the shedders out there, to, you know, yeah. all the people that are shedding the spike proteins. Yeah, so you got to protect yourself. I mean, I don't worry about it. I go out in public all the time. I, you know, I, I eat well, exercise, nah, I'm losing weight it. too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But you um, know, a lot, a lot mm-hmm. of people in our area bought the cars for a hundred bucks. Really, a lot of people. Oh yeah, and it said that uh, it was a. <laughs> I am so proud fake... of them. I'm so proud of them. Oh, I love it. God will forgive you because you're saving your life. These people are demons. They want you to die. They want to. They want to eliminate God's creation. That's yeah. exactly well, what's happening. It's not a crime so. to defy a law that itself is a crime. Mm-hmm. So you don't need, mm-hmm. you know, it's not a question of needing God's forgiveness. You probably get God's praise for that. Because if yeah. you're fighting for freedom, if you're fighting against tyranny, if you're fighting against evil, just because something mm-hmm. is the law doesn't mean it's, it's right. That's what juries are for, is to say this law is wrong. We're not going to convict a person of, of yeah. not getting a jab. The law itself is wrong. Yeah. That's why judges tell people that they can't decide the law when, in fact, they can. Anyway, Pianki's on the line. I guess he wants to talk mm-hmm. to us, too. Let's bring him in. Um, I'm just glad that mm-hmm. my microphone's working this morning. I'm sick of calling in on my cell phone. Yeah, look, Pianchi, it works good. It, okay, good. good. Pianchi, welcome to the show, sir. Buenos dias. Dobre utra. Good morning, Josie. Good morning, Good morning, Greg. amigo. Como esta? Pacho La Vegas. What, you got to go? <laughs> that was it? What'd you say? What'd you say? I know, he said some language. Oh, I Hasta remember vista, baby. when I was in Washington. Watching Roy Rogers when I was a kid, baby. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so isn't it just uh, isn't it just terrible how Michelle Obama, in her position as first lady, was putting pressure on Twitter to ban Donald Trump? You don't get well, no lower than uh, that. And I thought she used the old slogan: "When they go low, we go high." Well, Michelle, yeah. you was completely well, in the gutter doing that. She went, she went Well, this low. is a really important point. This is, I'm, Pianca, I'm glad yeah. you raised this because what it, it goes to the bigger point, and this is a question I have for both of you. Why are members of the Trump administration, not just Michelle Obama, who wasn't a member, but members of the Trump administration defying Donald Trump and going to Twitter to get their boss kicked off? There's a question. And why weren't those people fired? They, they got should power be fired. And control, power and control, and they're giving millions of dollars to Twitter. To fa- Facebook is doing the same thing. He, fa- Facebook is being run by the FBI. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He should have fired every set of swinging balls when he came in there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. I know what you mean, though. Well, no, and that's true. I mean, the, the way to, to cure this problem is that, and this is one of Trump's biggest failings, was that he didn't fire the people that defied him. You know, whereas, you know, he made a career of firing people on TV. Why didn't he just put it into practice? 
you know, Eric. He Shira didn't Miller. listen to me. Well, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, you we know what? No, I'm fellow. serious. Hey, Greg. You know what? You had another problem, Josie. And this is where I get to tell you how racist blacks are. In mm-hmm. the Chicago, in Detroit Public School District, they are removing Ben Carson's name off of a school what? because he participated with the Donald Trump administration as head of HUD. Wow. I didn't know that. That's sad. Yeah. yeah. It gets goes How wicked their minds are. Wow. And I wouldn't doubt if they wouldn't name, rename the school George Floyd. He's alive. He'll be back. <laughs> well, why don't they just name oh, it the Idi Amin Center? I mean, let's, let's go all out. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, this is... This you is know, sad. I'll tell you, it, Donald Trump... The advent of Donald Trump is exposing so many people along different categorical. And he's not done yet. He's not done. Yes. He's not done. The best is yet to come. It has brought out the hate and the demonic thinking, the satanic verses in people. And I think it's good. Now you know who they are. You know how to deal with them. And I keep, I keep referring that conservatives got to stop being timid. If somebody slap you, you have to slap the hell out of them. I tell it like I it mean, is, nope. Bianchi. I'm not afraid. Uh-uh. Oh, speaking of uh, conservatives being timid, we have a new sponsor here. In fact, I, I just made their you commercial know? last night. So let me, yeah, let me play this right now and tell me what you guys think. So this is our, our, new, our newest sponsor here okay. at, at Action Radio. Listen to this. Hello, everyone. This is Greg Penglis from Action Radio on behalf of the new Gelding Transition Centers, the place where real men can transition so that they can become fully functioning geldings of the new GOP. Formerly known as the Grand Old Party, the GOP has gone through a woke upgrade, and they are now politically correct, sensitive, diverse, Marxist, anti-American, unconstitutional, and have come out from their transition as the girly men organization now known as the Gelding Old Party. All real men seeking to join the Gelding Old Party need to go through this simple transition so you can fit in with all the other geldings. And for that, we are introducing to you the new and improved Gelding Transition Centers. Conveniently located in veterinarian and farm clinics, Gelding Transition Centers are your convenient, affordable, and direct way to transition into a form acceptable to the deep state. Isn't this great? Once you've been transitioned, you'll no longer be burdened with toxic masculinity. In fact, you'll have no masculinity at all. You live a new life free of courage, conviction, integrity, honesty, patriotism, independence, loyalty, and all the other qualities that so burdened you when you were forced to live as the man God created and not be the new and improved version from our benevolent national government. The new and improved Gelding Transition Center, your pathway to a life of safety and security in the warm and embracing hug of the deep state. 
<laughs> this is what I was doing last night. So, gelding transition centers for all people that want to become Republicans. <laughs> Sorry. What? I don't understand this stuff. Yeah, I think some of it's what lost you, in the what translation. <laughs> Piaki, what do you think? I'll have to listen to that again. Okay. There's a lot in there. I know. It's like my other, it's like my other sarcastic pieces. Uh, it takes this, this and, and this, you know, there's like 15 different meanings for everything. Well, let me play something I haven't mm-hmm. played for a while. Now, now that I'm in a, in, a, in a fun mood. This one you remember. In a mood. <laughs> it's morning, and you are a proud black man. You go to the mirror. You were reminded of Governor Northrop of Virginia and Prime Minister Trudeau of Canada, both of whom appeared in blackface. And there you are. You just put on your shaving cream. And what do you see? Whiteface. It's bad enough that leftist aspiring dictators are choosing to go in blackface. But you, proud black man, have no choice but to appear in whiteface every morning you shave. Now, direct from Pianchi Laboratories, comes a great new product made especially for you, proud black man. Pianchi's Picture Perfect Face Saving Shaving Cream. Yes, Pianchi's Picture Perfect Face Saving Shaving Cream will give you your black face back during your morning shave. For Pianchi's Picture Perfect Face Saving Shaving Cream is the first ever black shaving cream. Pianchi's Picture Perfect Face Saving Shaving Cream comes in three shades. Dark, darker, and darkest. So now, proud black man, you have a choice. You can stay in white face every morning, or you can join black men everywhere and choose Pianchi's Picture Perfect Face Saving Shaving Cream every morning. See, that has more energy behind it. I'm wondering if I need to, like, pick different music for my, my gelding transition center. Uh, it, <laughs> Jesse, you know what a gelding is, right? Yeah, because that's you got to put people to sleep. Okay. Let me, let me, redo, let me rework it then. Um, On the gelding. Yeah, I want to get your uh, opinion. I think the theme is good. I just I need better background music. I need something a little livelier, uh, and I need to uh, do a little, like, yeah. yeah, make it more commercial. Like, okay, well, it was late at night. It was an experiment. And see, here's the thing: when I made the, most of the the uh, the satire pieces, it was during the lockdown. I was pissed off. I was really upset with what was going on uh, during 2020. I think there's an energy uh, that made that a uniquely creative period uh, for some of these things. Okay, I'll rework it. I'll uh, I'll improve it. I'll improve my gelding transition center and make it more fun. I think the script is good, but I just have to have better background and do it with more energy. No problem at all. Thank you. Thank you, team. I appreciate the critique. Back to you all. Got anything else, Josie? More for your report? What's going on in the – well, we know what's going on in Ukraine. We talked about that. Uh, Cuba's still listening to us, which is a good thing. Uh, Venezuela, any, any uh, other stuff we should know about? I don't know much about Venezuela. No, I, okay. haven't, I haven't looked. But hmm. uh, more illegals are – by the thousand are coming in and more illegals are driving without driver's license i hear stories like yesterday this nurse she said i just brought a brand new car and an illegal uh total my car and i'm like and he didn't have no insurance no driver's license no nothing yeah and what the police be careful in pensacola and milton they're moving here by the thousands they're coming Hmm. what did the police do (laughs) or did the police do anything Police can't do nothing illegal. Sure, they can. They usually release them. Yeah. Oh, isn't that special? They can only call ICE. Well, here's the thing, though. We've we've talked about this. Um, You know, I've got a bill for civil asset forfeiture. You know, so again, we have the solution, but nobody seems interested in in, in taking it up. 
that person should be civilly mm-hmm. charged for everything that they've accumulated in this country illegally. Take everything they've got. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the local police could do that if we had these civil asset forfeiture laws in place. You know, creating an the illegal alien-free zone. Okay, so but we've got a yeah, we've got police to, uh, Did they finance the car or did they pay cash for it? That's an interesting I, question. I'm sorry, did you ask me? Did they get a car loan or did they pay cash for the car? Uh, the girl that the girl that bought the brand new car, the insurance paid for it, and she's without a car. So whatever down payment she put, she told me it's gone. So the insurance company just pay off the car, and that was it. So she said, I'm driving my boyfriend's truck now. I don't know what else I'm going to do because she had a down payment on the car, you know. So the illegals are destroying our cities. The illegals are breaking our laws, and nothing is happening to them. And, you know, Greg, I was thinking uh, all these vaccines are going to kill all these people. Uh, from the time that they got the vaccine, uh, 2021, mm-hmm. to three, four, five years, there's going to be a lot of death in the United States. A lot of people will lose jobs. You know, uh, they're going to lose workers. Uh, a lot of these uh, illegals are being, uh, in this country, taking our jobs. Uh, I see people like Lowe's just hired this lady that I know she's, her head is not all there, and Lowe's hire her, and I know her, uh, because they're desperate. So they're desperate for workers. Uh, the decline on uh, on uh, good people working for good companies is going mm-hmm. down. This is all an agenda to destroy America completely. And I believe uh, this comes from Obama, George Soros. Oh, and by the way, George Soros spending like $50 million to buy the 2024 election, paying off people. Uh, So I truly believe that uh, Obama's father with Nelson Mandela hated America so bad that he wanted to destroy it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obama's father is Nelson Mandela. (laughs) Did you say that? No. Yeah, Nelson Mandela and Obama hated the United States so bad with a passion that they wanted one day to see the United States down. I know they're dead, uh, but their son, uh, my father's dream, that's what uh, a lot of people don't get it, but Mm -hmm. my father's dream is the book that Obama wrote, that his father's dream is being fulfilled by him destroying the United States, and Obama's the one running our country. He's destroying it completely, completely, yeah. But he couldn't do it. He couldn't do it if he wasn't uh, allowed to do it. I mean, the Republicans could stop him and just expose him. They could do a documentary tomorrow and saying, here's who's really mm-hmm. running the country. What do you think of this? But they don't do it. So in order for these people to do no. what they're doing, the only, Obama, only, Obama only has power and George Soros only has power because people let him. Okay, this is what mm-hmm. I call the gelding old parties. I'm going to rework that at. I'm going to rework that thing and make it more exciting to listen to. I think I, Piano came made a good point, um, but uh, I, I should make my ads earlier in the morning when I got more energy. <laughs> Maybe like after the show today. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the nice thing about it. I can. They're easy to, to redo. Um, but uh, but this is the problem: is that the elections are being stolen. Maricopa County, all those supervisors should be in jail. Carrie Lake's got a lawsuit. We're probably going to go over it Thursday. Um, tomorrow we're going to do convention yeah. of state. So Pianki and I can talk about that. Um, I have a guest in about four minutes, uh, five minutes, which I think you'll find interesting too. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But uh, but these things that, that they're being allowed to happen, and I don't know if I'm just being blocked because of, I know I'm being blocked because of big tech, but people are are, are blocking us because either they don't understand, don't want to understand, don't want to take the action. We've got the solutions here. Mm-hmm. Josie, you've got a bill. Pianki's yeah. got a bill. We've got solutions yeah. here, but we can't break through to the people that want to complain. So there's, a, yeah. there's, there's some kind of psychological block that people are happy complaining, but they don't, they, but the, but they're, they're not, they don't want the solution. Even though their life would be better with the solution, they'd rather be miserable and complain. And I don't get that. There's just mm-hmm. something, it's just not in my mm-hmm. character to, 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 uh, to understand why that is. And, and you know, uh, Greg, as much as I uh, am uh, impatient about this whole thing uh, mm-hmm. being over with in America, Trump returns and all that, uh, we're being told to be patient. What's coming? Nothing can stop what's coming, and and we know, and we just have to be patient. Well, you got to tell me who's but, telling uh, you that. I need to. I need to know who's telling you. I need group, to talk to. I need to talk to those people, the people that are telling you to be patient and to wait and that are directing this whole thing. Those are the folks that I need to talk to on the air, preferably. And they allow the, 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 the Republicans are allowing for the Democrats to steal the elections. They got all mm-hmm. the evidence. Mike Landell has all the evidence, too. But uh, the whole thing, and I know I hear people talking about, oh, why they don't get arrested? What they will, they will, they will. Trust me, they will. Uh, I don't know why they're taking this long, but we know at the end what's going to happen, mm-hmm. and uh, it's just taking time because there's a lot. This is this is military war worldwide. What's going to happen? Because if you notice, Colombia, uh, Brazil. Mexico, Israel, Chile, uh, now Peru, uh, our country, all these countries are being taken over by radical communist left crooked criminals. Mm-hmm. And some of our churches are being taken over by radical left criminals too. Like mega big churches are being taken over, uh, like uh, uh, McLean Church in Washington, uh, Alexandria area. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of a sudden, uh, the pastor is preaching the sermon and all that, and the, two weeks later, he's gone. And uh, this is kind of like unusual. This is a church in uh, the D.C. area, I guess, Alexandria. I'm not sure if it is it Alexandria. Anyway, yeah, in Alexandria. Uh, that, that's where Trump came in, and uh, they want to shut down that church. So now they got a different pastor from the radical left communists, and they got rid of the good pastor. And it's happening to a lot of churches, including the CEO of the Baptist uh, head honchos. He was saying black life matter and don't talk about uh, white. So all, all this all this is corruption involved. The radical left are taking over our churches. They're taking over our hospitals, the CDC, FDA, CIA, FBI, they're all going to go down, and we know it because that's what I keep hearing. So I'm comfortable, but I'm just nervous because I want it to happen now, and uh, yeah, I need too. to be in Group A instead of Group B. That's well, it. see, I think we are Group A. I think we're the ones on the, on the forefront, these people that are no, you're not because things you're happening. No, you're not because you what I believe well, no, it's true. I don't. Um, but I need to talk to the people that, that are, are telling you what's going on. And until I can talk to them, I can't verify this. I can't. They have to be subject to. But they're to, not going to uh, tell you what's, 
what's happening because our you know when yeah. you when you are a military or this you're not going to tell the enemy what your next step is no it's just you're just going to have to wait and that's exactly where mm-hmm. we at yeah but see I'm, to me I that's a that's a cop out yeah. yeah, that but to okay. me that's a cop out to say All that right. it's it's like I've got a secret I can't tell you what it is you just have to wait well I'm not going to wait because you know, well, I think we have the solution and we're open and honest about it and it's we're we're course, transparent yes, as they say of course <clears throat> but uh, just to say that, right. to wait for I, some I have you to gotta go, go I have to go okay ready. yeah right. it's nine o'clock so you guess you'll be popping in he should <laughs> okay. he did in fact, just, as soon as you said that it, it, he popped up on the board that's hysterical. Top Costa Weasel. <laughs> okay. Exactly. All right. So you want to give uh, store stuff, website, anything else you want to talk about? N- nice little plug for yourself? Uh, no, that's it. Uh, okay. Ruth Uniform Shop, if you want to come and visit my store and uh, get some uh, some uh, news, juicy news of all the hospitals that I got more. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's a really valuable report uh, is what they're, what those folks are telling you. That's, that's incredibly important. Yes. Yeah. Uh, okay. God bless. Thanks very much. Bye-bye. God bless you too. All right. Let me play a couple things here. I'll be right back with uh, with my very first guest ever uh, on Action Radio, uh, Matt Fiebig. So let me just play this real quick and be right back. Joe Biden's dark winter. No freedom. No liberty. No guns. No representation. No oil. No coal. No nuclear power. No space force. No constitution, no family gatherings, no vacations, just taxes, work, misery, masks, lockdowns, and ever more government. This is what will happen if you let Marxists steal the election. This has been a public service announcement of Action Radio, reminding you it's time to get off your butt and save your country. Action Radio, part of the ADHD Radio Network, the ultimate free speech zone. We the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed and have the power through juries to nullify the laws by which we do not consent to be governed. At Action Radio, we don't report the news. We are the news. Every other show reports what has happened. We talk about what can happen. From the questions no one has thought to ask, to the answers no one has thought to consider, to the actions no one has dared to take, that is Action Radio. So let me tell you all a story. Um, when I started here, I, I moved from Florida, uh, drove in. It was four months after open heart surgery. I was ridiculously overweight, and uh, most of that's going away now, which is good. Uh, and I got a job at a station that I'd never heard of, never visited, didn't, hadn't met the boss, in an area I'd never lived in. In fact, I'd never been in, in the, the panhandle of Florida ever. So here I am, you know, taking off on this wild trek across the country uh, to a job that I'd never done, you know, full-time radio morning show host. Uh, and the, all the unknowns were incredible, plus the fact that I was, you know, it was one of the stupidest things I've ever done and also one of the best, driving across the country four months after open heart surgery. But it happened. I did it. And I started in radio. 
And my first day there, I, I'm looking around this guy, and this guy's like cleaning the place. And, and we got to chatting, and that was Matt Fiebig. And I said, you know, you'd be a cool guest. So he comes on the next day, calls in. I think actually, I think you're in the studio, Matt. Um, and this is what started all. So I want to give. Uh, let me just quickly scroll back up here, get a, a round of applause for my very uh, my very first guest. Um, let me see if I find it right here. Ah, here we go, Matt Fiebig. So after five years, welcome back to Action Radio. Well, thank you. It's good to be here. It's actually uh, the best round of applause I've received in quite some time. So, well, that's hey. what we do here. <laughs> we'll make you feel at home. Yeah. So we had a great chat. It was fun. Uh, so I want to kind of retrace and, and, and catch up. It's been five years. Uh, I've got more production stuff. I'm on Blog Talk Radio. Our reach now is worldwide. We've got about some 50 different countries that check in um, to the board. We've got Cuba. You know, we're all over uh, Asia, you know, uh, Russia listens. I'm not sure how many. <laughs> Nobody in the Ukraine, though. Uh, Ukraine <laughs> hasn't popped up on the board yet. But uh, a lot of South America, a lot of Africa, a lot of uh, Europe, a bunch of Europe. Uh, and, of course, North America, Canada, Mexico, Central America, South America. Uh, it's, uh, you know, we're, we're catching on. But uh, the whole point of the show was to be a revolutionary leader of, of a peaceful revolt against the, the deep state and to uh, write the laws that we consent to be governed by and get them passed into law so that we can all live as free people. That's why I started this five years ago. And you had a cleaning business then. So let's, let's, let's do a little catch up. You know, what's, uh, yeah, what, what did you think of that first interview? I think you, you heard it again. I sent it to you. And uh, what's, what's changed in the last five years? Well, a lot has changed. Um, it's interesting because hearing you talk about coming back to, uh, well, not coming back to, but actually leaving California, coming to the Florida Panhandle mm-hmm. right after open heart surgery and kind of going through a, a phase of change in your life. I was going through a, a phase of change in my life at that time as well. Hmm. Uh, I was going through a divorce. I was I really started that cleaning company for the main reason of, you know, I, I lost my job. I lost my my home and it's like, okay, I, I have to kind of start over from scratch, you know, so what do I have available? And it was like, well, I can, I can work hard. I can afford to buy a vacuum. So uh, that and some, some, I guess just the, the willingness to step out and, and try to make it happen. And that's been the best thing that, that I ever did. Um, The cleaning company stepping stone in my entrepreneurial journey. And uh, about five, a little more than five years ago, my brothers and I uh, right around the same time started a business and that business has taken off. And so uh, things are going real well on that front. Um, And, you know, really the, the interesting thing, you know, you talk about action radio you know, and kind of the idea, I think, at the heart of that is taking responsibility to do what you can do to make your life better, not just, you know, at the individual level, but also all the way up to your role as the citizen and being an active participant and owning what it means to be a citizen. And, you know, I'm attracted to that that mindset because that's been the mindset that has really been the thing that, that made the biggest difference in my life from, you know, where I was to where I am today. And the big 
the big arc of my story is really going from a, a place of being in the corporate world, being just a number, just a, a billet, show up, do my job, be told where to, what to do, where to go, when I can check in, when I can check out. Not, not fun, not meaningful, not fulfilling at all, but I did it because I felt like that's what I had to do. And then when I, when I changed that mindset and I took that first step onto really owning my own destiny, uh, that's, that's when my life really dramatically changed for the better. So it's, uh, it's been a good ride. Yeah, that's fascinating. I had no idea we had such a such a parallel. Uh, we should have talked earlier. <laughs> I should have had you back on the show uh, a bunch of times. Uh, but those were crazy times. You know, I was just learning how to do radio. I didn't know. I'd done you know, 10 shows, uh, I think. No, actually, about seven shows uh, in Bakersfield, California. But I had to drive there from San Francisco. Well, that's 450 miles right. one way. So I'm driving 900 miles. Mm-hmm. And this is after working a full-time job. And I basically exhausted myself and collapsed and couldn't do it anymore. But at least I got to do some radio. So that helped. Um, I was a tour guide in San Francisco for eight years as uh, you know, kind of a crazy job. And I really, and it took me longer to get in radio than I thought I was hoping to get up like, like five. Um, but it gave me incredible microphone experience and I'm playing music and I'm talking to live people. And I'm getting reactions and it's, it really was fascinating practice. And then when I finally did get a job, it just turned out to be, you know, I mean, jobs don't come at a convenient time. You got to be ready to go. And that means, right. you know, after heart surgery. So I, so I, you know, I went, it took me two days to load the truck because I could only load one box, uh, well, two boxes an hour, you know, and so because I had to rest. So one box every half hour is how I loaded that truck. But if you're determined, it's amazing. And what you prove and what I'm uh, trying to show is that the only limitations are what you set for yourself. And, you know, it's only, remember the Matrix, you know, blue pill, red pill? Sure. You know, we're red, we're red pill people. We don't, we don't want the sugar coating. We don't want the false image. We don't want that uh, the vaccine is safe and effective and that climate change, you know, if we just believe in government, everything will be fine and, you know, save us from the climate. Oh, please give me a break. We want the real story. And not only that, but we are willing to make that story. And so the fact that you've been entrepreneurial and I'm kind of like the, the peaceful revolutionary here, I call, you know, I call myself the nerd warrior. <laughs> I, I need a t-shirt, big t-shirt, nerd warrior, you know, my face, nerd warrior. Um, but, you know, and you can have fun with this, too. But the idea that, uh, that there is a journey and that there are successes and there are failures, but a failure is, is an opportunity. In fact, a failure is probably your biggest opportunity because now you don't have to go to that job anymore. You don't have it. You know, you don't have to stay in a bad, bad marriage. You don't have it. <laughs> you know, so things you don't have, and I don't, I've never thought about this before until just now, but sometimes the things that you don't have are your biggest advantage. Mm-hmm. Matt, what do you think? That's, well, I think, I think that's exactly right, Craig. Um, when you were talking about that a second ago, the nerd warrior, I'm thinking, oh, you know, you'd make a great bobblehead doll just as an aside. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, Where do I get one made? I'll, I'll put it in my car. That'd be hysterical. You know, action radio bobbleheads. Well, seriously, with your glasses and your mustache, man, I mean, it's just, it's perfect. Um, <laughs> you know, it, <laughs> it's a good, it would be a good look for you. Um, well, well, it's a look I've got. I'm kind of stuck with it. <laughs> So, but I well, think, you know, because like, that, well, wait a minute, Jimmy, Jimmy Buffett has parrot heads. Why can't I have bubble heads? Are you an action radio bobblehead? No, I think you're no. onto something here. Okay, so you're an entrepreneur. I, I think that can you? Great. No, I'm serious about this. Now that, now that you I can write this down, bubble heads, action radio bubble heads. Can, do you know a company that actually makes those things? I, I don't, but I bet we can find one without too much effort. Okay. 
we do have a merchandise page, Action Radio uh, uh, products, and we had some pretty incredible T-shirts. I had someone helping me out, but I, I think they kind of lost interest. But I, I, need, a, I need an entrepreneurial spirit because there's a whole mar- merchandising thing that I want to get going. But Action Radio – hey, Pianchi. Pianchi's on the line too. He's, he's one of my, my greatest regular callers here. Pianchi, would you, would you put a, a bobblehead of me on your car and drive around? <laughs> what, what, when I after I hit him in the crossroads or what? I don't care. Do you, do you, uh, Matt, do you hit these things? Do they bounce back? Are they like weebles? Does the head kind of flip around? Can you can you flick yeah, it I in don't anger? Know, man. Okay, well, I, it's a I think you could flick it anger. I, I I don't know if you could hit it with a car though. No, no. I want something on my dash, you know. But uh, I'll put my. That'd be kind of funny if I'm driving around with my own bobblehead. That would be a little arrogant, <laughs> but I do it. <laughs> Hey, man, that's, that's what it's all about. Okay. Well, um, I want you back on the show, obviously. I mean, I, like I say, it's been way, way too long since we've chatted. Um, so for folks that don't know, Matt is, is, is a really a whole set of interesting dimensions. Um, we talked about him way back five years ago. And Pianchi, feel free to, to join in you know, if you have a question uh, as we go through. But I want to find out about the business. But you actually started in college, either engineering or international relations, if I remember from our first interview. How did those come about? And, and how, did you, how did you go from there to a cleaning business? Which was very interesting. It was environmental. It's quite interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah, pain and suffering. Um, but <laughs> no, I started out. <laughs> That's your motivation. <laughs> so, I, uh, you know, it can be very motivating. Pain is a very, very strong motivator. Uh, so true. is suffering. But um, <clears throat> I started out at an engineering college. I was mm-hmm. raised in Colorado, and uh, coming out of high school, I started at a little engineering college called the Colorado School of Mines. And I did a a semester there and I realized that that just wasn't a really good fit for me. Um, And so I, I picked up and I moved all the way across the country to Pensacola, Florida. And how were you, how were you at this point? Just out of curiosity, putting a little timeline here, if you don't mind me saying. Yeah, I was 18. Okay. So I'm so once you're 18, Colorado. one semester of college, and you're you're picking up and moving. That's that's pretty impressive. Yeah. I I moved across the country. Yeah, I never wanted to shy away from an adventure for sure. And I ended up finishing my degree at the University of West Florida here in uh, Pensacola area, mm-hmm. and the the probably pivotal moment in my undergraduate uh, studies was when I took a class on international relations and it was actually kind of an intro level class being taught by an adjunct professor, but he was a a great guy. He kind of took me under his wing and mentored me for, you know, really a couple of years and got me on the path of political science and international relations one thing about about me, uh, I grew up in church. I've always been a church-going guy, and that's really influenced my worldview. I've been interested in human nature specifically. You know, why do people do what they do? Why do people avoid doing what they should do? Those kinds of questions. Mm-hmm. And so po- political philosophy was really kind of a natural extension from that. And I think 
coming into a position where I had someone to, to mentor me and kind of point me in the right direction. And then the, the fire of interest that was ignited once, once that happened, uh, that got me going down that path. And so I graduated from UWF with a degree in political science, bachelor's in political science, and an undergraduate, uh, I'm excuse me, not an undergraduate, it is an undergraduate degree. Um, I got a minor in economic policy, and economics have been interesting for me for a similar reason. It's just kind of a different view on human behavior and why people do what they do. So I went uh, from there to Texas A&M in College Station, and I did some graduate work there for a few years. I didn't actually finish my degree there, uh, had some circumstances. I was married by that time, and, and things were starting to become a little more turbulent in my life at that period. So no marriage will do that. Back. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if people have great marriages. Uh, congratulations. I really, I, I think it's wonderful, but I tried it once and I can't recommend it. Uh, it's just, it was way <laughs> too limiting. It's just, it's just not a, it's but, not know, a lifestyle, you know, that I, it just doesn't work for me. Yeah. Go ahead. It, it may not be for everybody, but I'll tell you this. Uh, one of the, mm-hmm. the greatest little nuggets of wisdom that I ever heard was actually from Dennis Prager. And he says that marriage matures you and, uh, yeah, through through thick and thin, for better or for worse, if there's any one thing that's true, it's that marriage will mature you. So well, age you I, too. I can at least <laughs> <laughs> may bankrupt you, but hey. Yeah, um, well, that that goes with the territory, yeah, yeah. But but like I say, what you don't have, you know, you, you're trading material stuff for wisdom. You know, you're, you're you're getting experiences for things that you don't want to have to do again. Uh, in fact, I would love to talk to Dennis Prager. Uh, he'd be fascinating. Uh, I, I keep saying that our show is a better deal than Dennis Prager because we say 10 times more words than he does over the course of an hour. So, uh, <laughs> sorry, Dennis. That would be hilarious is, is if you could get uh, Ben Shapiro because as fast huh? as both of you talk, uh, you <laughs> could do like a whole, whole semester's worth of material in like one show. Exactly. See, but that's why Action Radio is such a good bargain. You know, if you, if you go per word oh, per yeah. hour, I mean, we're, we far exceed most other people. Now, I would love to have Ben Shapiro on the show. I actually met him at CPAC uh, back in 2018, uh, back when I was back at uh, cool. WBY. And uh, in fact, you know, shortly before I was uh, asked to leave a few months later, <clears throat> but I met Ben Shapiro. I met Mark Levin. I met uh, Sebastian Gorka. Uh, I met a bunch of folks um, and that didn't come on the show. <laughs> it's kind of interesting. Uh, one of the folks I did meet who did come on the show was Herb London. It was a fascinating man. And the reason I, I started talking to him, we were both locked out. Trump was doing his speech. And what I didn't know was I, I left the building at the wrong time, <laughs> you know, and, and I couldn't get back in. And Trump was speaking. And there's a guy outside that looks just like uh, Donald Trump. And I looked at him. He's looking back at me. And I looked at him. I said, you know why I'm looking at you, don't you? He says, yeah, I look like Donald Trump. He says, yeah, you do. And very similar people. The guy was like a basketball star. He was tall, uh, had the same hair shade. Uh, and, and he turned out to be uh, fascinating. So I interviewed him. A couple months later, you know, he passed away about a year ago. Uh, Herb London was a brilliant person. Uh, he's the one that wrote the speech uh, for Donald Trump in Saudi Arabia. And so that great mm-hmm. speech that, that connected the Saudis and started the Abraham Accords and everything else, that was Herb London. So he was known in Washington uh, for the London Center for Policy. But he wasn't really known outside. Uh, folks like Gordon Chang and some of the other folks, the, the foreign policy experts, are much better known. But he was one of these behind-the-scenes people, and obviously Trump knew him. 
probably because they look alike. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sure they get mistaken for each other, uh, and, and, you know. But it was just fascinating. But that, the CPAC was. I want to get back to CPAC, but I want to go as as a leader of a workshop teaching people about citizen legislation. You know, I've been to conventions. I, I've been you know just a, a spectator, just a, one of the regular folks there, and I, I got a lot accomplished. But now the next thing I want to do is actually go there and teach. Uh, how to do citizen legislation, how to teach your friends how to do it, um, how to lobby it, and how to do everything else. And this is where you'll come in a little bit. But uh, there's there's a, a whole new world out there that I'm running up against something very frustrating. I was talking about that earlier uh, with Josie and, and Pianchi, that we've got the bills, we've got the vision, we've done the work, we've got the solutions, but we can't cross this barrier. And this is maybe, maybe this is where the philosophy comes in. You know, why do people do what they do? My question for you is, why do people not do what they do? Why would, why would, the, why would something, you know, like our vaccine product liability bill that would stop COVID shots cold, that would uh, allow people to sue for billions upon billions of dollars uh, for deaths and injuries and lost work and lost wages and lost everything else, um, you know, and yet the, and people don't take it up. It's not worldwide news. It's not there. There's, you know, big checks blocking us. I understand that. But what is it about human nature that people don't want to take a solution, even though it's right there, you know, right there looking them in the face? And throw that out. Question, Greg. Um, it's, that's a tough one. And I've spent a lot of time thinking about that exact, that exact question, because for someone who's driven and self-motivated it's hard to understand you know for me why wouldn't everybody be driven and Mm self-motivated and i've asked a lot of folks along the way you know what what is it that prevents you from maybe doing what you know you should do or what you think you could do and what'll help you what'll be to your advantage I think it's it's the it, to put a contrast out there when George W. Bush was president and this whole Iran Iraq you know weapons of terror and mass destruction and all this other stuff was going on in Afghanistan and we were kind of ramping up things in the Middle East he mm-hmm. he oriented his foreign policy around an idea that human beings inherently yearn to be free. And that's the most ridiculous thing that I have ever encountered foreign policy ideas. Uh, I think that the, the real truth is that people yearn to be secure. They want safety and security. And the difficulty with freedom is that you can't be free unless you are willing to take responsibility and ownership and you're willing mm-hmm. to fail and you're willing to put it all on the, on the line and to lose everything. And, you know, it's, it's frustrating, but it's also, I think in that light, it's somewhat understandable that people think about what do they have to lose? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can give you a more recent example. Um, i I went to uh, I went to Miami uh, earlier this year, and uh, Dave Rubin was doing some live shows at the time for his book tour, and so I went to one of those shows and sat at a table with a bunch of wonderful folks that were all you know like-minded 
but they were all talking about how afraid they were to stand publicly for what they actually believe, what they actually think, because of what it might cost them in terms of their careers, in terms of their friends, in terms of their family. And so they weren't, they were understandably um, struggling with the cost that they would have to be willing um, to go through in order to actually step out and do what they felt in their heart was, was what they should do, what they, mm. what they really believed. And, you know, I, I do have, a certain amount of sympathy for that, but I can't encourage people enough to just go ahead and take the chance. You know, I think part of, part of the area of my life where my spiritual walk has, has really helped and strengthened me is this faith that whatever, whatever I need, God is going to provide. And so if I lose people in my life, other people will step in. Right. I'm never going to walk alone. And Uh that has actually turned out to be the case. And from personal experience, I can tell you in retrospect, the people that drop off are almost invariably replaced by other people that are stronger and have uh, more character that are actually willing to put themselves on the line with you and for you and that have courage you know, courage is a big thing too. And when, when people who lack courage in your life are replaced by people who have courage, then you start to build a network of, of people and we're stronger together than we can ever be individually. I think that's in a sense a theme that you're really touching on here when you're trying to encourage people to take these bills up and to share the show and to share the bills and to spread these ideas. I mean, there does need to be a bit of evangelistic zeal, so to speak, in that, hey, if you really believe in what you're doing, uh, step out, you know, say what you think, be willing to put yourself on the line. And it's the best process really for personal growth that you can possibly take because you know, one of the things that's apropos about our conversation today is that it's been five years and we've mm-hmm. both undergone, you know, a lot of life in the last five years and we're both, we've both grown, right? We're both in a better place today than we were five years ago and we're stronger people and better people for, you know, the ups and the downs. But it was the, it was the willingness, right, to step out, to go on that adventure and the willingness to fail, the willingness to lose what we had in pursuit of something better. And I know that's very idealistic, but in a sense, I think that really has to be at the heart of what motivates people to step forward and to, to take that first step is to see what happens, you know, and say, okay, I might lose something, but the, the journey is going to be worth it. You know, even if I do lose some things on the way, even if I do fall on my face, even if I do fail, you know, failure, like you said earlier, is going to be that opportunity for growth. And it's not until you you experience some failure and some hardship 
and that's why I talked about pain and suffering, right? Because mm-hmm. pain, it, failure is painful. And when you lose important parts of your life, you know, I wouldn't recommend divorce for anybody. It was, it, it was really about the worst thing I've ever gone through, but. That's part of why I don't want to get married again. <laughs> I don't have the time for another divorce. I just, I just don't. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a complication that it would be a needless complication in my life. You know, so that's where yeah. my experience has, has come in. But, yeah, uh, and so I don't understand people who get married multiple times. Um, you know, I think two would be, you know, after two, you're sort of pushing it. So, you know, three, maybe. But at that point, why, why are you doing it? You know, you have to really look inward. And that, that's another topic. That, that sounds like our, our, our relationship coach here, our, our sex and sensuality reporter, uh, Dorothy on Mondays. You should also talk, uh, and you, you have a great time calling in Wednesday with Wendy Arthur, who does our Oh My God report. We have an Oh My God report. <laughs> and we, we call it Christianity with a kick. So Wendy loves scripture, loves God, hates religion, <laughs> hates overzealous pastors that don't know what they're talking about. Uh, that completely misconstrue what God's saying. And it's, it's, uh, it's fascinating. I think you two would have a very interesting conversation sometime. Um, I wrote something down as you were talking. Um, so if you want to do the philosophy report, so if you want to add to the schedule the philosophy report with Matt Fiebig, then just pick a philosophy question or just pick some, <laughs> some question for like half an hour. Uh, it'd be really fun to have you on uh, after, after Wendy, actually. Well, I'll think about it. I'll, I'll see you. you know, don't, don't tell me now, but just kind of think about that. I think you'd be really good, about, good at that. Um, one thing that's um, really common to everybody that starts becoming an activist or, or comes on the show or already has a cause or already is doing you know, great work is a very strong belief in God. And I don't think you can have freedom, true freedom, without a belief in God. Because if you don't, if you go by what you were saying earlier, that security that people, you know, I, I, you know, I think people want freedom too, but I think they have to have a security to, to get to a point where you can go for freedom. So if you don't have the security of God, then you're going to find security somewhere else. Is that going to be government? Is that going to be a, a job you can't stand that will keep you there? It will be a marriage that you can't stand, but at least there's somebody else in your life. You know, is it going to be having a bunch of kids that you can't afford? Is it going to be living in a place that you can't afford? What bondage do people put on themselves so they're secure in their bondage as opposed to being secure in your freedom? So that's where I am. But a belief in God is, is common to our, our, like our world's greatest doctors panel, to just any activist on this show. I haven't met an activist on this show yet who didn't have a strong belief in God. And so as I was not the most you know, spiritual and, and you know, God wasn't as big a part in my life, um, just when I was more, you know, I guess, objective or just it, it was, you know, it was never denounced, never, you know, I wasn't agnostic. Uh, I always believed in God. But uh, I don't, but it wasn't a, you know, God wasn't a big a part of my life until I realized the importance. And you sort of, mm-hmm. you look to this as that security, as, the, as, that, uh, as that backup, that there's an order to the universe. It's not one colossal accident. You know, there are reasons for things and there are dimensions of life that we don't understand. You know, and especially some of the things I've seen from the spiritual world, you know, who, who I've, <laughs> I've been chatting with. It's, it's kind of interesting. But part of the natural world that I see, too, just, just connections with animals and plants and everything else, that there is a huge interconnectedness that brings about a security. And so if you have God as your security, if you have other means as your security, then, then freedom can be, a, be an object. I think you're absolutely right, though, that uh, people, you know, they, 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 they scream for that security first. And the question is, where do you look for it? So if, if you're looking for it in the miserable job and in the marriage that you have to stay in and, and the too many kids and the house you can't afford and the car that you can't afford, uh, you're going to be really secure because you're, you're, all your decisions are made for you. You're going to spend your entire right. life 
you know, maintaining those things. And that's where well, I think the I problem think, is. Go I think ahead. people like to be told what to do, though. And that's... Okay. It's, it's a challenge. Uh, you know, I, I certainly don't mean to be uh, patronizing or insulting, mm-hmm. but I can tell you that a lot of times I've, I've had experiences where a question is being considered and there's an kind of an uncomfortable tension amongst the group that is considering the the question, the decision, whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. because nobody wants to be the first person to step out and face the possibility that their idea might be rejected. Oh, you know, they, gee, they I'm just want, the opposite. I'm the first. I want my idea heard first, that so nobody else says it before me. I mean, I'm completely the opposite of that. That is so funny. Well, it that's true, but you also, I think, would would probably agree with the idea that you and I are are outliers. Oh yeah. You know that that <laughs> Big we're guy. a little bit different. And I, I think well, why, most people who are well, that's a difficult question to answer. I I know that some people are wired differently from other people, you know, and it's, it, it comes down to another great philosophical question, um, Mm -hmm. which you might, you might kind of frame as are people born the way they are? Is, is it destiny or is there a certain amount of freedom to break outside of, your genetics and your upbringing and, you know, nature and nurture, is there something else that plays a role in the development of who you are? And, you know, the the simplest way to ask the question that you may have heard is, are leaders born or are leaders leaders made? And I think you can make an argument that that some people (laughs) have from birth character traits that make them more naturally disposed toward leadership. But Mm -hmm. I also, I fall in the camp of people can be taught. I think people can learn to become leaders, even if they don't have a natural skill set that would, you know, set them up to be great leaders initially. You know, I, actually, believe it or not, was a very introverted child growing up. Most people, when they meet me, would not say that I'm introverted because I'm very friendly with folks. I'm reasonably self-assured to, you know, the extent that I understand who I am and what I believe, and I'm comfortable in my own skin. And I'm happy to talk to other people. I love to talk to other people. But, you know, that, that was not something that I was born with. That is a skill that I have worked to develop over the course of my life because my natural inclination is to go, you know, sit in a room by myself and tinker with some toy or machine or something. You know, I'm very mechanically mm-hmm. inclined and I'd be quite happy to sit in front of a machine and tinker with it all day long. But I realize that's not the best way to get through life. And you know, so there's a part of me that embrace the idea that there there's more out there. There's there's 
a me that I should be that I'm not yet. And so the only way to get to be who God made me to be is to appreciate that I'm not there yet, that I have flaws, that I have shortcomings, and that there are skills that I don't possess that I should. And so how do you deal with that? Well, you, you start with the low-hanging fruit, right? What can I do? This is a Jordan Peterson line. You know, yeah, what, I was going to mention Jordan Peterson earlier. Yeah, he's, he's, uh, <laughs> he should see – well, i got to send you his video on creative people because it describes you and me perfectly. And the reason we've had uh, so many crazy times and so many things happen is that creative people really – life can really suck if you're creative uh, unless you can find a way to break through, and most creative people don't. Um, that's the problem. Right. But we'll, I'll, I'll send you that. I think you'll find that'd be a whole topic for for a show that we should do. Anyway, go ahead. And let's see if you, you, you got to have stick to itiveness. Well, yeah. Jim Peterson says, "What what could you do that you would do?" And start there. And you know, so I call that the low hanging fruit. There's always something mm-hmm. in your life. Whether you you've talked, for example, today about the heart surgery and the weight that you were carrying you know, back at that time. And well, that's a surgery. I gained a ton of weight. Exercise. And I, yeah, I don't know how I gained it. No, no, no medical person has been able to explain. I gained like 150 pounds after heart surgery. How the hell did that happen? Wow. Well, my, my blood flow doubled, so I think it's physiological, but also I was also starting a new career at that time, so that's probably what maintained it. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, and I, I don't remember changing eating habits. I don't remember suddenly, you know, you know gorging myself on food, but something happened, right. and I gained a ton of weight. And then with the stress of, of uh, starting a new career and moving and doing everything you know, on my own in a completely strange area, I think that maintained it you know, for, for a long time. Mm-hmm. Now I'm, getting, I'm, getting, I'm approaching, you know, I've got about 30, 40 more pounds to go to back where I was before surgery. Um, but uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's been a, a, it's an interesting thing. So, so was that physical? Was that mental? Was there some reason that I did that and, and kept it even though I didn't want it? I mean, there's, there's a whole range of psychological, weight is an entire psychological you know, question all by itself. Sure. But let me ask you this. When, uh-huh. when you set about to start losing the weight, what did you do? Changed, uh, I did some research because uh, a lot of things, I've, I've always had, you know, extra weight and I've always tried to find a way to get rid of it. And the only thing that ever worked uh-huh. is what I do now, which is intermittent fasting. In other words, just stop eating at a certain time of the day and get really uh-huh. hungry at night, <laughs> you know, drink a lot of cold water, uh, make another cup of tea. But, uh, but it's a willpower issue. Uh, it really comes down to willpower. And because being hungry hurts, it just does. But I also know long term it works. So I'm willing to make the short term sacrifice of of being in pain between, you know, five and 10 o'clock at night, you know, five in the afternoon Mm -hmm. until 10, you know, because I'm not eating that. Right. So I skip dinners and actually go back to try to stop like around noon. But I'm up at 4.30 in the morning, so that's, that's still a good amount of the day. But it's a willpower issue. Right. It really is. A, it's also a circumstantial issue. So in other words, if there are other traumas, I'm probably not going to concentrate that, on that as much. But, um, you know, it's interesting. Let me put it this way, too. It's something I want to talk about. You mentioned earlier, you know, God gives you what you need. And the question we don't ask is, does, mm-hmm. does God also take away the things that we don't need? You know, like I, marriage, I absolutely uh, think that he does for sure. Yeah, um, yeah. And and you know, I mean, in my own case, I I clung too hard for too long, and I, I think part of the the reason that period of my life was so cataclysmic is because I was not willing to let go 
of mm-hmm. the things that were holding me back. Mm-hmm. And I know that feeling. <laughs> by the time, there. Yeah, yeah, by the time yeah. the dam broke, you know, the mm-hmm. flood was was pretty tremendous because I didn't I didn't confront the problems in a healthy way early enough. But I want to bring it back but around when I asked you the question. Did you know another what did way, you though? Do? Uh, okay, go ahead. Yeah, back to you. What was your question again? Yeah, I'm the sorry. reason that I asked that question is because mm-hmm. we, we think in these abstract terms, like, well, mm-hmm. I would like to be, I would like to lose weight, or I would mm-hmm. like to change the country, or I would like to change the world, whatever. Mm-hmm. It has to start with a practical step, right? You have to convert the abstract idea into a concrete reality. And so for you, your answer was, well, I did research to try to find a solution that would work for me. And then I disciplined myself knowing that that was what I should do. I'm, I'm willing to sacrifice in order to, to do it. I'm willing Mm -hmm. to discipline myself in order to do it. And, And you're seeing results. And that, that's the answer for everybody when it comes to the question of, well, what should I do? Mm-hmm. Well, you, you have to figure out your goal. You have to figure out your target, and then you have to concretize it into something that is accessible and that has a clear path forward for you so that you can actually implement the actions in your life that are going to produce the results that you're looking for. And I think well, that, that sometimes people struggle with that. Yeah. Well, let's, let's bring it to Action Radio. Uh, Action Radio started mm-hmm. on a bike ride. <clears throat> and I've told this story a bunch of times, too. I was, I was riding along in, um, beside San Francisco Bay, and this is in 2014, I think early, like January, February 2014. Uh, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, my daughter's getting older. She's going to be graduating high school in a couple of years. I want to go into radio. You know, I want to be the world's greatest, uh, you know, radio talk show host. Uh, my first career as an airline pilot didn't work out at all, even after multiple attempts. But uh, that's a story in itself. Part of my own sabotage, I didn't even realize at the time. But there's a lot of external things going on, too, like the airlines went broke. <laughs> you don't want to head on my pilot ratings. So there, there is, there's a combination mm-hmm. of internal and external. That, that deserves some, uh, some analysis. But, but once I made the decision, like, okay, plan A is not working. Let's go to plan B. Plan B was to, to get into talk radio because, you know, I was – 50s, you know, and in 2014, so 54, 55, somewhere in there. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, what's going to work and what's not going to work? Well, I, I have to have something without an age requirement. I have to have something without a, um, a degree requirement because I can't afford to go to college and I want to spend four years. I don't even want to spend two years, you know, maybe six months. And that's right. actually what it turned out. So I had to find something that, uh, um, that I could do that didn't have a physical requirement. Uh, in other words, I didn't have to be leaping over <clears throat> large objects or things like that. I didn't have the degrees, to, and, the only, and what came to me was, 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 was talk radio, which is an unlimited field. There's no specific qualifications for it. There's no specific de- degree. You know, you don't, it, most people come to talk radio from somewhere else, lawyers, entertainers, politicians, things like that. Uh, and mm-hmm. I thought, okay, well, but I want to do something different. And I'm thinking I'm bike riding, I'm thinking, and I'm bike riding, I'm thinking. Um, bike riding is a great place to think, by the way. So all you folks listening to music with the earbuds, take those out. Just go think. You know, bike riding is meditation. Anyway, so I'm, I'm bike along. I'm thinking talk radio, talk radio, talk radio. I said, I'm thinking talk radio. The problem with talk radio is all they do is talk. You know, uh-huh. they, they never take any action. And then I made this jump. I said, what we really need is action radio. And I stopped my bike and went, holy, you know what? <laughs> you know, and that's how it started. 
Well, the, you know, to get from there to WBY was, was, um, was it 2014 was a three-year process. You know, not, I had to have a talk show. Then I had to think about, but I want to be an active talk show. What kind of action do I want to take? Well, then I had a legislative background. I said, well, I really would like to, to write legislation. And I thought, well, if I can do it, can other people do it? And I thought, well, well can we combine it with a radio show? And then, of course, the technology is improving. I'm thinking, well, can we have a website where people can write bills? I mean, can we advocate bills? Can people, you know, and then I figured out that, that we could write the bills and they could, uh, I said, can I coach them on the show? Can I take callers and have actually write legislation on the show? And all this, is, all this was an evolutionary process. And I hadn't even had it all worked out. By the time I got to WBY, we didn't even have a website yet. It was still just an idea. I was just, I was just a talk show. Uh-huh. But, I found, but uh, Mike Bates, the boss, found me a, um, uh, he's the one that actually gave me the job at WBY. Wonderful person. So, I mean, you want to talk about opening doors? Mike opened just unbelievable doors and showed me radio. And uh, yeah, we had a couple of discussions when I screwed up, too. But that was a good learning first year. A little bit of background noise. I don't know if you have uh, background around you. Maybe there's another conversation going on. Um, anyway, so, so but what happened was uh, later after WBY, I had a first website, then I had a second website. I met the most amazing person, uh, Eric Colley, who unfortunately died, uh, I think, of, of hospital abuse. Uh, earlier this year, but he set up this incredible website that's now writeyourlaws.com and set it up in a way that anybody can write a bill. You can share the links to the bills. We've got them divided up into sections. Uh, he's got the graphics, the videos, the whole bit. I mean, it's fabulous. So all the people that have helped me, all the people that have come into my life that have allowed for this process to go, you know, and it, it's the question I posed earlier a bunch of times when people say, well, I'm only one person. What can I do? Well, I'm only one person too. Everybody's only one person. So what can you do? <laughs> you know, well, you can get other people around you. And like you're saying before, you know, the activists, uh, you know, people, a belief in God and a belief in freedom, uh, people that have uh, different missions, different ideas, different ways of doing things. They all come to the show. You know, and we, we're creating this incredible place here where there is no fear, where people aren't afraid to say things that they wouldn't say maybe other places or other shows. So they have to worry about it. You can say it here. With a couple of minor restrictions. You can't advocate violence. You, you can't out public officials' addresses. You know, you can't be incredibly hateful. I'm just going to kick you off the show. But short of that, you, people can be as controversial as they want here. That's how we talk about these ideas. You know, I've been calling uh, Fauci Dr. Fascist since 2020. You know, his full title is Dr. Fascist, the uh, genocidal, psychopathic, avaricious, narcissistic, pathologically lying vaccine drug pusher. And that's his title. <laughs> but I say that fearlessly. And he wants to come after me, come after me. I can, I can prove every one of them. Right. But this is an incredible place here, but it's an evolutionary process. So what I, the, the, the point of this, telling the story, is the fact that you don't have to have all the answers when you begin. In fact, you probably won't. You're right. But be open to the process. Be open. You know, they say let go and let God. Or in my case, you know, completely let go and just hang on. <laughs> and see what happens and and things keep happening but you know you have to be willing to lose i mean i came here you know with a bunch of savings and perfect credit and uh, i was in really good shape when i came here you know and uh, now i'm in the opposite position but i don't care because i've never been happier so letting go of security in in the classic sense is part of it what are you willing to risk what are you willing to show god that you're 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 willing to do are you serious about your convictions well you look at anybody that's Uh ever done anything successful they've all gone broke you know, so uh, I think you're getting feedback from your phone or something. I'm not sure how it's echoing, but I'm, I'm hearing an echo in the background. 
But you look at uh, anybody, all the, the folks, the, 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 the steel creators, the, the, the Rockefellers, you know, the oil, everybody, and they became mega, you know, billionaires, but uh, they all went broke. <laughs> but they stuck with it because they believed in what they were doing. And the fundamental thing that separates people that succeed and people that don't is that when you get the failures, it's a stepping stone. It's not an end point. And so if you believe in what you're doing, if you're willing to let go, and if you're willing to let the process evolve, you can pretty much accomplish anything. You're just not going to win. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I don't know when we're going to get our big breakthrough, but we're going to get our big breakthrough. This will be a multi-million international listener show with Centers for Citizen Legislation, with yearly conventions, with adaptations to parliamentary systems, monarchies, and even, who knows, you know, Muslim theocracies. I just don't want anybody killed over, over you know, posting legislation in their country. But short of that, you know, I don't know where this is going to go. And we need a Hong Kong branch. <laughs> you know, we need, uh, you know, Venezuelan reporters, you know. Anyway, so that, that's, but that's how it all happened. But those big three things I mentioned earlier. Well, that's, yeah. that's where I like to bring it back, actually, to the Bible, right? Because okay. if, you look at, if you look at Abraham, when God called him, you know, he was in his 80s. And he was quite comfortable in his home, in his father's, in his father's household. And mm-hmm. when God called him out and he, he took those first steps, you know, he didn't immediately go into the promised land. He had mm-hmm. to endure, you know, the, the desert. He had to endure the tyranny. He had to deal with difficult issues. He had to grow and mature along the way. And, you know, he never even actually – his promise was to his his descendants you know so there's this idea that what we do today is important because of not just what we what we do but for those that come behind us in the future and i can't also help but think about you know exodus because this is the theme that that we've discussed this morning you know the idea that that when Israel was in servitude for 400 years in Egypt and God finally intervenes to, to bring them out and does the miraculous works and so forth. And, and where do they go from there? They go into the desert, right? They escape the tyranny and and they don't go straight to the promised land. They go into the desert Mm -hmm. and they're bitter and, they're not yearning for freedom. They're crying out. They're angry with Moses and Aaron for taking them out of Egypt. And they're pining for the days of servitude when at least they knew where they were going to sleep and what they were going to eat. Mm-hmm. And I do think that that provides a lot of insight into human nature, that in some sense there's almost no slavery that, that people aren't willing to endure as long as they have the security of knowing where their next meal is going to come from and not having to decide for themselves what they're going to do that day. When someone else is telling you what to do, where to go, what to think, when to eat, you know, you don't have responsibility. You're completely free from responsibility. And that's the only freedom you have is the freedom from responsibility. But if you're going to be, if you're going to do what you were put here to do, then you have to take the opposite approach, you know, and you have to be willing to make your own choices and accept responsibility when you fail and Uh grow from those experiences. And 
you know, that's, that is something that has been a comfort to me along the way because I've, I've experienced plenty of loss, plenty of, of grief and suffering and, and all that, but I've experienced a tremendous amount of meaning and satisfaction as well. You know, I've developed some, it, it is insane. The people that are closest to me in my life are some of the best people you could possibly hope to, to know. Oh, and I have a show. number of them. Let's, let's bring them on and, the show. This would be interesting. You know, it's, you never like, know. It, it's, it's phenomenal that those, those sorts of relationships don't just happen. You know, like the idea of Hollywood love, right? Like, Oh, I'm going to meet the perfect person. You know, it's just going to all fall into place for me and, that's not how life well, why is. do people need another person? Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a whole big discussion, you know, and people, you know, like I say, I, I'm not the best at relationships or marriage, certainly. And, and, uh, and, and people say, well, you just haven't found the right person. And I ask them, well, what if I'm the wrong person? That's actually the right question. Yeah. Um, in my opinion, I, I, you know, I did get remarried and I am delighted. I have got, got a fantastic oh, wife. And, you know, she is, she is so much better for me in every way, you know, and it's, it's remarkable. But that and makes I've sense. Blessed, you know, yeah. That, if it's better for you, if your life is better, then it makes sense to be married. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. But it, it, I would say, you know, of course, right here at the end of the, the hour, we're opening a brand new you know, door that we could go into. Oh, you'll be back. I have no <laughs> doubt about it. Now that we've, now that we've, we've kind of, uh, you know, done radio again. Yeah. You know, the philosophy report, think about it. Yeah, I, I will. Um, okay. I'll definitely give it some consideration. You know, I've got, yeah. I've got some stuff going on. Um, we'll okay. Try to I got time. A new business this year, but yeah, no um, rush. Even if I'll I be can't here. be back every week, I, I can at least, uh, you know, hopefully come back from time to time, but yeah, but yeah. That'd be the, fine. Why, why someone else? I, I think the answer is because at, at least with respect to marriage, mm-hmm. your weaknesses are exposed, you know, and, and it can be painful when your weaknesses are exposed, when your shortcomings are exposed, but for me, no, that can happen. You know, that can I, happen every day. <laughs> that can happen anytime. Well, and it can, but you're a lot less likely to experience that in isolation. Now, huh. okay. you, know, you don't necessarily need to be married for that to happen. If you have other people around you that you can be completely honest with, uh, you know, that's really the the fundamental issue: is can you be yourself with this person? or with these people to let them see not just the good sides of you, but the bad sides as well. And Mm -hmm. for them to, you know, not reject you because of your insufficiencies, but to help you confront them and to grow out of them. And so in that sense, you know, I bring it back to the fact that marriage can be very maturing, but good friendships can also perform a similar function. It's the, the willingness to see yourself for who you really are, good and bad, to see other people 
for who they are, good and bad, truthfully, to encourage the good, to, to help them in the process of growing where they need to grow. And, you know, one of the reasons that I'm a Christian is because I think that idea of grace and mercy is integral to the growth process. I think that when we screw up, we hurt someone, we, we fail, you know, there has to be a path forward out of that. One of the, the most disappointing aspects of America today, I think, is that we automatically go to complete rejection and cancellation, right? You know, the, especially the left. If you mm-hmm. step out of line, you are depersoned. You're done. You cease to exist in as as a, a being of importance in their worldview. That's no way forward. You, how do you get out of that? There's no. Well, there's we're talking no about security out. and conformity. I mean, the the left reinforces. Uh, my experience of the left is kind of interesting. I was in an internship uh, in Washington uh, when I was a, a junior. Uh, spring of my junior year, which had a major impact on what I'm doing now from my insights in Washington. And the left, they're bizarre. You have to suffer for the cause. You have to prove yourself worthy uh, to be a leftist. You have to do it all the time. Christian cinema is going through that right now. But you have, to, yep. uh, you have to sacrifice. You have to live poorly. You have to live cheaply. And then, of course, they, they go to Congress and they totally reverse themselves when they become totally, totally corrupt. But the committed leftists, the true believers, live a very sparse life um, because they have mm-hmm. to suffer. They have to prove themselves worthy every day to even fight for the cause. It's a bizarre mm-hmm. mentality. It's very strange, but it is a dependence. Uh, it is a conformity, and, the, and there's a security in conformity. You know, everybody who wears the masks, who sees everybody else wearing a mask, is like, okay, my people are here. You know, there's one of us. I'm all right. I'm not the only person wearing a mask. Whereas if someone walked into a store, you know, before COVID and was wearing a mask, we'd look at them like, oh, okay, well, better stay away from you. You must have something pretty bad. You know, it's a totally different mindset, but uh, security, conformity, uh, and then control. It's like uh, yeah. security, conformity, control. So the natural control comes from people that don't have security uh, and they need conformity, uh, and then they can be controlled. And then fear, it's all that enters into it. it it's uh, the dynamics of, of group control are fascinating, and we're seeing it right mm-hmm. now in a bad way, very bad way. Well, well that's why freedom of speech is so important. Because you, it, it's really fundamental. You have got to be willing to be yourself and to say what you think, even if it doesn't conform to the group, even if it doesn't meet the approval of the people around you, because there is, there's no path forward. If everybody like Lemmings believes that walking over the cliff is going to be no problem, mm-hmm then it's going to result in mass casualties, right? You, you have got... Well, it already has. Look at the, uh, the COVID jab. Idea, right? You know, the COVID jab is resulting in, in, in a huge amount of mass casualties. And so there are, the COVID jab is the cliff. Well, and that's it. There, there are real-life consequences to these issues. It's not mm-hmm. just philosophical. It's not just in the dream world or the abstract. Mm-hmm. These, these moral questions really do set the framework for the decisions that we make every day, and the decisions that we make every day do have life and death consequences. And I think that when you talk about the, the COVID 
the COVID jab and all, all the consequences of that, you know, that's a very real example of how millions upon millions of lives in the world have been devastated, disrupted, and destroyed because people didn't want to upset, you know, those around them by, by daring to say something that wasn't popular. Yeah, but there's a percentage of us who were. It's fascinating that the percentages who did, like we had the world's greatest doctors panel. I had doctors Mikevitz, Artis, Thorpe, Marble, uh, some of the other folks, Christiane Northrup, some of the most amazing people that stood up against this originally. I had doctors, uh, this is my 10-second warning, don't worry about it, we we have a little overtime. But I had uh, Dr. Zelenko on the show twice. We wrote a bill, you know, reforming Mm -hmm. the FDA. Why isn't that being taken up? People say, oh, Dr. Zelenko was the greatest person. In fact, there's a dinner tonight somewhere. Uh, honoring Dr. Zelenko. I was like, well, why don't you, why don't you put the bill forward? Let's, 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 you know, if you want to honor him, you know, get his work out there, <laughs> you know, plus everything mm-hmm. else that he did. So there's, there's a disconnect. You know, it's like people that mm-hmm. say the founding fathers, you know, uh, the founding fathers were fabulous. The founding fathers are great. We're the greatest freest country in the world. No, we're not. And we're nowhere near as free as we could be. You know, and the founding fathers right. were great, but don't, but do you think the founding fathers wanted us to stay where they were over 200 years ago? No, they want us to advance. So how do you advance? Well, my solution is to is to uh, totally change the whole philosophy of, of, of political science and of people um, and of laws that, uh, you know, people. Jefferson said, you know, the, the government, the just powers of government, not the powers of government, the just powers of government come from the consent of the governed. Well, of course, the question is, well, how do people give their consent? And the, the, the obvious answer is, well, elections and then, you know, emails and letters and things like that. Well, that's, that's, not, that's not good enough anymore. First of all, elections are stolen. And secondly, giving your consent every two years is, is not the point. You mean, how do you give your consent every day? That was the question I asked. That's how I got into this. The way I, I figured out to get, give our consent every day was actually to write the laws that we consent to be governed by. And that's our philosophy. That's our whole mission statement. You know, we the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are government, governed. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's it. That's, that's, the, that's the whole enchilada. And the concept of writing the laws that we consent to be governed by, we the people actually create the laws that we consent to be governed by and supply government with those laws, is a revolutionary concept. And there's nothing secure about it. But there is a security too, actually, because we would be secure from government if government responded to the laws that we gave them and said, these are the ones we want to be governed by. Now let's go through the legislative process and the judicial process and the, the executive process. Let's put, this, let's put the laws that we write. We, we regular people, we write these laws, we send them to government, we submit them to government and media and get them in the national debate. I mean, nothing we do is secret or hidden. It's, all, it's completely out in the open. So, uh, you know, and so this is, what we, this is how we consent to be governed. That's the big experiment. That's the big question. Will people value freedom? They talk about freedom. They talk about the founding fathers. They talk about our rights. But will they actually, when offered the opportunity to advance our freedom and advance our liberty, personal freedom and societal liberty, will they take that opportunity? And so far, the answer is no, they won't <laughs> because we've got the bills and they're not being shared by the millions. They're not, uh, they're not on the national news. They're not out there in a way uh, where they can be effectively advocated. Therein lies the problem, and it answers your question of security over freedom. People want the yeah. security first, but they don't realize that the real security comes from freedom. That's the big mystery. That you, you know, and I, ask this, I used to say this about men and women. Men, men feel secure when they're free, and women feel free when they're secure. I don't think that applies to men and women anymore. Certain people 
feel secure when they are free, and certain people feel free when they're secure, even though that freedom mm-hmm. is bondage. Well, I'm. I don't. I do um, not feel. I think that's a big difference right there. I mean, that's that's yeah. one of the primary differences between right and left today is that statement right there. I think you okay. got it. That actually makes more sense to, to frame it in terms. So, so conservatives, independents, patriots, we don't feel secure unless we're free. And the left, the controllers, the the, the people that don't believe in God, that don't believe in anything, uh, and want to enforce their will on everybody else, they don't feel. Uh, free unless they're they're secure not only themselves but everybody else good place to end mm-hmm. yeah this is good okay wow that's a pretty rich hour we covered a lot of ground um let me just leave you with one thing yeah it was fascinating i'd like to say um think about when you can come back just do it sporadically just let me know i mean i always have free hours during a week it's not that hard to schedule so when you when you have a time you know you feel like coming back and chatting um, this is very good. But let me leave you one, one more thought here, too, and anything you have in conclusion, you know, especially if you have a business you're starting, I want plugs, I want the Facebook group, I want to know where to find it so we can get you some customers. Um, you mentioned being an introvert. I am an extreme uh-huh. introvert. I am an extreme introvert. I am very introverted. Uh, I, I think I go into myself for all all the things that happen here on the show. I go bike ride by myself, you know, and get into the spiritual world. world. I get my guidance. You know, I get my guidance from God. I get my guidance from, uh, from nature. I get my guidance all over the place and from other people too. But I'm extremely introverted. I do an extroverted thing, which is this radio show, which reaches worldwide. Mm-hmm. But I don't need, see, an extrovert, I think, needs to be extroverted because that's who they are. That's part of who they are. They need the adulation. Mm-hmm. They need the ego. They need the, the fulfillment. They need whatever it is that a large amount of people give them. See, I don't need that. I need it to make it to advance what I come from for what comes out of my introverted thoughts. You know, the thoughts mm-hmm. that I create that the freedom for everybody is dependent on me being extroverted or using an extroverted, uh, you know, the tools of being extroverted, the radio show so that I can mm-hmm. accomplish what I've, what I've reasoned out through my, in, by being introverted. That makes sense. It does indeed. I mean, I, I think that's it. You can't do it all by yourself you you in order to change the world we're all going to have to be involved right and um i think that's that's a credit to you that you were willing to step out of your comfort zone and your natural inclinations because you felt that this was such an important an important thing to to try to pursue and you know, I think I think that there's wisdom in that for anyone who's listening. You know, if if you wonder how do I get out of where I am and and start moving toward where I need to be, you know, you you have to be willing to step outside of your comfort zone and don't look at things as oh well I can't do this or I can't do that because of whatever reasons. There are going to be obstacles, but if you're willing to tackle them and and to put things of value on the line in pursuit of what really matters most, you're going to live a much more fulfilling life. So, uh, you know, I think that, that what you're doing is a good thing. I think you should keep it up. And, you know, I, I don't know when things are going to click and take off, but I think at some point they will, you know, so just keep it up. Well, thank you. I really appreciate that, and I will. Um, and just, to, I'll tell you one of the secrets, though, and this is, uh, the, leave you this thought, um, I've never had a comfort zone. 
uh, it's one of the benefits of a traumatic childhood and growing up in three countries, <laughs> you know, and not having a, a, a family that uh, helped me is more. I mean, the only when I think of family, I think of betrayal is the first word that comes to mind. So I've never had a comfort zone. So because I've never had one, I don't seek one out. So my comfort zone right. is, is uh, you know, it's almost, this is going to sound weird. I never thought about this, but the, the, almost the, 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 the danger, the excitement, the possibility, the freedom, the lack of knowing, the mystery kind of is my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Well, that makes huh. a lot of sense. Hmm. I'm glad to talk to you. This is this is this is very interesting. I'm going to uh, uh, I will highlight the show. Hopefully, folks will listen to this hour and feel free to share it with everybody you know. Uh, and I'll see what I can do. But uh, yeah, if folks want to get more philosophical on Action Radio, uh, there's room for this. This kind of discussion, I think, is critical. And to your credit too, the journey you've been on, you know, the things that you've accomplished, that realizing that you know the end of the world isn't the end of the world unless you let it. You know, that there's always another option. There's always another choice. There's always a uh, Something else that will happen is, you know, today is a new day. What are you going to do today uh-huh. um, that's, that's different, that's, that's uh, you know, and, and not have that fear and not rely on other people's judgment of you. I can't tell you how many people told me this is never going to work. I'm like, great. You've just encouraged me. Thanks for the encouragement. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's never going to work, Greg. It's a stupid idea. It's not going to work. Oh, I appreciate that too. Anybody else? Yeah, yeah. This is a, it's very impractical. You know, this has never been done. I, I don't think, no, I don't think this is going to work. It's not going to happen. I got 400 radio stations that rejected me, <laughs> you know, over the course of several years. <laughs> I, I get proof that uh-huh. a lot of people say this is not going to work. And it never discouraged me. I said, okay, well, I, obviously I haven't found the, the, the right person that, that said it would work. And I did. And I finally did. Even when I got here, it went on for a while, then the station got bought out, and then and the owner said, well, this isn't going to work. Okay, <laughs> you own the station. I don't have a choice here. But so then I came to Block Talk. Block Talk, you know, they, they, they're, they're happy. They don't, you know, they're fine with it. So it's quite interesting. Anyway, let me let you go here. Um, closing thoughts at all, but uh, thank you very much for coming on the show. Uh, it's been a real pleasure, and this is a, a great chat. I hope many people can listen and share, share the show today, and especially at this hour. And, and 10 minutes. Thanks. I appreciate <laughs> you having me on. You take care. You take care too, Matt. Thanks. Until next time. All right. There we go. Matt Phoebe, my first guest and hopefully a recurring guest a long time. This is a pretty intense hour. And so that's what makes it so much fun here uh, is that uh, I'm open. Oh, if you have a topic, if you have an idea, if you have something that, uh, that you've never you know, presented before that uh, you want to explore with uh, folks listening you know, and uh, get some feedback, feel free to come on the show. You know, I'm open. I've got, still got live chat. We've got the Skype line. You know, we've got uh, a bunch of different things that'll, uh, that'll help us here. And if you really want to help the show right now, uh, we're trying to increase our, our operating budget here. So give sendgo.com slash action radio uh, and paypal.com slash paypal me slash action radio, uh, especially if you're, uh, you want to be a sponsor of the show and uh, create an ad. So I have a bunch of stuff I have to do. What can I, I want to play something for you now. Uh, oh, this would be good. Little, little, I'm going to start playing more music here because I'm a big fan of classical music. And then a couple of announcements. Back tomorrow. Tomorrow is Wednesday, 7 o'clock. Bill Fecky is still out. So he will be uh, back in January. So we have Wendy Arthur. Uh, and then after that, I'm not sure. I don't think I have a guest tomorrow. Tomorrow's going to be pretty open. <laughs> Just so it should be fun. But I know Pianca and I are going to be talking about Confederate, uh, the Convention of States and, and the pros and cons of that. So that's going to be the main topic. So 7 o'clock tomorrow Central Time. Uh, and until then, you can get me on Facebook. Uh, we have many Facebook groups uh, and uh, public email, greg at writeyourlaws.com. Uh, otherwise, um, dare to do something uh, different. Uh, dare to fail. Dare to challenge. Dare to, uh, to try something you've never tried before and uh, see what can happen. 
The worst that can happen is that you'd be right where you are right now. So it's worth it. All right, until tomorrow. This is Greg Penglis. So what is Action Radio? It is a radio show with its own citizen legislature. That's you, the listener. It is a fully interactive system of listeners, expert guests, social media, writing bills, legislator input, bill submission, lobbying, and citizen action. Action Radio is the future of talk radio using all the available technology in one completely integrated new system. You are listening to Action Radio Online with Greg Penglis. The webpage for all Action Radio shows and podcasts is blogtalkradio.com slash citizen action. Please share our show with all your friends and family, both nationally and internationally. The guiding principle of Action Radio is this. We the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.